Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. Um, Steve's not here today. We got two in a row. So it's a new streak. The streak is on. Uh, but there was some ad stuff on the back end that we needed to uh, have taken care of. So um, sorry, folks. Money talks. And Steve walks. <laughs> I hopefully, hopefully he sits and does the work he's supposed to. No, um, he was he was a little little wiped. Um, so totally fair. Very much so. I'm sure he will more than likely be back next week. Um, he uh, sent in his top 10 list, which you guys will be able to see on the site when this goes up. There's a post. So I think next week. Um, Miles and Steve can can elaborate if they wish, since um, Steve at least hasn't talked about all of his picks. Several several he's gotten in, actually, but not all of them. I feel like you've probably talked about all yours, but I'm sure you would uh, either like to elaborate or just, you know, put the words out there a little bit. Totally. Yeah. And who knows, like, as I, as I said, you guys are allowed to make a last minute switch if necessary, and it's possible you might even do that. Yeah, TBD. So, yeah, I mean, you are gonna you are gonna watch uh, Night Swim, right? That's gonna be the one they'll do it. Well, I don't think that counts as a 2023 release. No, but it, you know what? If you like Night Swim that much, I'll allow it. Oh well, <laughs> gee, thanks. <laughs> you you won't. It sucks. I I don't I, I don't think we talked about it last week because it was just bad. And I think we oh we recorded it early last week. That's why. Yeah. Um, and the movie's especially bad, so that's that's fine. I told Miles off air. It does a thing that. He would especially hate in that it doesn't really establish rules, which really horror movies always should do, I think, unless you're really getting at something different. It's a really good way to, like, ground people in an inherently not believable situation. But the one or two things it tries to have as rules, it immediately breaks. So you're like, what's the fucking point? Incredible. Yeah. The point is for Blumhouse to have a movie in January. And you know what? It made a couple bucks. So I I don't know. I, I'm sure the, the short swimming. was. Oh, I as I as I, I told someone, like, I really hope they have sequel contracts, like clauses in their contracts just to see how miserable they are. Like, I like Carrie Condon. I like Wyatt Russell a lot. They have no excuses to have said yes to this. Uh, like, this can't have been the best script at the time. Well, maybe it, it paid can. well. It's Blumhouse. Can it? Does it even pay that that well? Well, compared to like the Banshees of Inisherin, maybe. <laughs> sure, but like <clears throat> that got you awards, and that bumped up your number a little bit. I would imagine. Sure. In the long game, it's probably more valuable. Plus, pride in your work. I mean, she's not, they're not bad in the movie. They're just. It's it's not a so movie that would do. ask much of them. No, in fact, it takes more than asks. <laughs> Um, not good. Not good. It's funny. I used to love Blumhouse stuff so often and now I'm really hit or miss. I, I blame them. Yeah. For not making better movies. Yeah. That's the right yeah. person to blame. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, no, you mean when, as opposed to when Jason Blum blamed me for Megan not having a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes for like 20 minutes. Well, that was your <clears> fault. <throat> well, I would argue it's the movie's fault. I would argue it's also Jason Blum's fault for subtweeting someone who was a supporter and friend to him. But that's another story. Details. Uh, People just don't think is the problem. Like, well, it's the Internet, so that goes without saying. 
I forget who I was talking about recently where I had to bring that up of just like the internet is a toilet. Like some people don't need to be, don't know that already. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know what, it, it's it's the award season stuff. Like most, most of the time, I, I think the people talking awards, at least off season, are, are pro things, right? For the most Pushing part. Pushing forward who they want to have nominated, things like that. <clears throat> and sometimes it's, the ones we're all thinking about, right? And, it's, you know, the echo chamber of Oppenheimer being great, all that stuff. Like, that's fine, right? That's kind of what they, what you're kind of gaming for. Mm-hmm. But then you'll have the, the like, the, the backlash stuff start, which seems to have happened recently, and I don't understand that. Like, Well, the, the, the need for there to be award season villains when it's really just, yes. I like this thing and I don't like that this other thing is doing better. I don't know. And and I don't and the villains never make any sense to me. No, like I, like I I. There's so few cases where there should be villains. Like actively bad people don't usually get nominated, right? And like actively like evil films are not getting nominated. That that kind of stuff is not there. Like well, like last year, right? Uh, granted, it was a divisive film, but like the whale's not evil. Like you can and like look at you. You had complicated feelings about it, and. and wavered on whether you would even call it like thumbs up thumbs down right i Mm -hmm. maybe even lean down who knows but like not actively torpedoing it and you could also be like well good for that guy who's good in the movie even if you know i would have made several different choices sure um or is did am i reading correctly that like bradley cooper is now like the villain oh people are like excited he lost what did he do well he wanted it too bad that's the problem but Which is does he? A, well, I I think it's people who don't like Maestro being like, oh, it's because he's trying too hard. When it's like, nah, maybe you just don't like his approach to yeah. material. Which is funny because one, I, I don't know that he wants it that bad. Like I, I actually, granted, you know, so I was I was on the phone with a with a Netflix rep yesterday because it's um, the Critics Choice ballot of mine is is due tomorrow as you're listening to this. So all of filled it out so you know they like to check in and just you know do you need you know did you what, what do you think what do you hear it you know i because i'm perhaps honest to a fault which here's the other thing people who who do the other side of the coin they like that they want to actually hear the stuff it provides no information if you're just like i love everything yeah like what it, what's the point like it's a, it was a running joke when i i had said something along the lines of like yeah no I, i'm sure you, you know you won't be super unhappy with some of my stuff but like she was like what does that mean i was like oh you're worried that i just you know wrote in the killer everywhere because they know i like the killer more than most and like they're like we're not campaigning that stop <laughs> um maybe for sound but like stop putting in places kind of thing but the, it's way more important to have accurate information like if you know imagine if everyone just told them naiad's amazing right as opposed to like it's fine like they're both good like that's way more useful information for planning out your your game yeah um, so like, I think they were, they were talking a little bit about like Maestro and, and I was even saying like, it's funny how everyone loved Maestro when like it's screened at places and it's only in like the safety of the home that some people are like, no, this movie's bad. I, I, like, I did have a thought about that actually, because I noticed a very similar thing. Like the second it was on Netflix, people started turning on it and I, yeah. and having gotten the chance to see it in theaters, even in a smaller theater, I think there is a lot about the cinematic 
element of what's being presented in that film that elevates it in a way that you just wouldn't like I might not have liked it I would have still liked it but I don't think I would have loved it to the same extent if I had just seen it on Netflix because I don't think it's the kind of movie that's made for that kind of viewing experience necessarily no you gotta you gotta sit with it it's also not necessarily the type of movie you're necessarily expecting it to be so you know because I was saying like do you guys think it has anything to do with like the the gay element of it and they're like i don't i don't think so but like well you never I, know one of the criticisms i hear is that it doesn't take push that nearly far enough so if anything which I, is funny because if you don't know that story you're like there's a this wow i have no idea that this is what he was doing so it's it's kind of i think where you're also approaching it yeah but i th- but also the idea of him wanting it too much is silly because i think I think that's a narrative that's been foisted upon him because he has so many nominations. And I'm sure on some level he'd appreciate it, but. Yeah. Well, I actually, I I asked him, I was like, so does he know he has 12 nominations by the end of the the month kind of thing? And they were like, I don't, I don't know. They're like, he's never brought it up. You know, it's never like a conversation. Because I think there's only two types of actors, really, when it comes to this. There's the people who are very aware, right? And the people who are like, if you told them, like, wait, what? I have that many? How'd that happen? You either pay attention or you don't. There's no, like, casual, like, it's kind of cool. Like, most people don't have that theory. You're either engaged with it or you're not. Yeah. Unless you're, like, maybe not nominated. Like, I would venture a guess, like, maybe Paul Giamatti can tell you when he missed. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Just because, like, I, from from the from seeing him in things, uh, you know, doing it press and like actually having the interview I did with him, like, I think he's the type of guy who would be who would be be down to make the joke of like, oh yeah, sideways, right? I was nominated for that, right? Oh, I wasn't, wasn't I? Hmm. Interesting. Thanks for that, guys. Really got my hopes up there. Um. Uh, then again, he's also listen. He. Quick question about that. Do you think he improved his Oscar chances by going to In and Out afterwards? I don't think he hurt them. I definitely don't think he hurt them. (laughs) Do you think it was intentional or do you think he was like, this is all dumb, I'm hungry, I want a burger? I I think it was, I don't even think it, and it's all dumb, just more of a straight up like, I'm hungry and they don't feed us properly. (laughs) I think it was like what they say was sushi this year or something. So like, yeah, if you don't eat sushi, you're screwed. (laughs) I mean, that's the other thing about award shows. The, The food's never good enough. Or there's not enough. It's or they. I went one year at Critics Choice. Like they took it away before I got a chance to even sit down because I was like on the carpet. Yeah, and I was so mad, and there was nothing to be done. No, oh. I, I, I've heard that that's a common thing. Well, and also that apparently In and Out, like post Oscars, might as well be its own like rap party. In terms yeah, of, no. Like, if I if I'm, who's who, you'll see. If I'm ever out there for for Oscars or Globes or any of those kind of things, I should just go to In and Out and see who I know. Like, you may be surprised. <laughs> well, that, like, what an interesting thing to be like, because like it would have been like a month since I talked to Paul Giamatti, right? He'd probably have been like, you can consider if you want, whatever. I'm eating my burger and I'm going home. But like, go ahead. Like, you want to hold my globe? Just don't get grease on it. Like, that stuff is is maybe more effective than the actual campaigning because you, you you want them to be like interesting and, and nice and want it. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess the idea of like Bradley Cooper not doing that somehow rings false even though i i've heard him talk about how much he's like i feel so stupid i'm dressed up as the character while i'm directing this is ridiculous it's not gonna work and then it does that's way that's the perspective you want when you're making something like this that could come off the opposite way i think also with cooper there was that quote which got i think somewhat taken out of context uh the whole he's doing the nolan thing of no chairs on set but like just 
in a void, that's not a great comment. And I think yeah. it's one of those things that like people are like, oh, he's pretentious. Oh, he thinks he's all that. And regardless of whether there's any truth to it, I think there's a lot of or like there's like this weird like fake rivalry between him and Killian that people have been like inventing. Well, people like to have a rivalry. There's there's never ever one is the problem. Yeah. So it's I'm trying to think of has there ever been to your memory like a an actual like these two films, these two performers, like, actively don't like each other. Not like Betty and Joan and stuff. From well, years I was about ago, to say, like, like, not in our not in our lifetime, I don't think. I, I just don't no, think not, that and, era and, of Hollywoodness exists in the same way. No, we don't. There, there really isn't like beefs anymore. Not in the no. People are too polite. Yeah, I mean, too too well trained. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, I guess I guess there was notoriously one two years ago, but um, you didn't. Uh, you know, that didn't like they weren't up for the same award. It wasn't like it's not like last year it was uh or that I guess it would have been um spiral against uh No, it's the wrong year for the slavery movie that sucked. I have no idea what you're talking right? about. <laughs> well, it was like Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock. Oh, well, <laughs> I was like, it's not like they're both nominated for the same, you know. Well, and I don't even know that that's a rivalry. That's more. I heard a somebody joke went crazy for five minutes triggered me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most it's just funny. you said like the most well-trained people you were saying. And I was like, oh, the literally most well-trained actor in the world lost it. Well, oh. like at the worst possible time to do it, too. Well, it's the only time that would ever have happened. That'd be like it would be like Tom Cruise showing like some kind of weird humanity. It would only happen in the worst possible moment. Of course, it would never happen like casually like doing it yeah it, people are weird uh all right so we have a lot to do we have which is why clubs, we spent 13 we, minutes talking about nothing <laughs> well listen what, what do you I, you're not like the world's biggest podcast guy but i i have a i when i listen to stuff i love the the nonsense as much as i don't think anyone would want like a rigid like point to point no i'm kind of yeah no it's, it is funny that like also, I have to wake up early, so this is like. Well, it's like you—you you very love... much set the terms for like with our timetable this week, and then like. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. If I hadn't think about what time it would be, and we would be in, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. So, once we get into the rhythm, it'll be fine. But yeah, there's there's a bunch of questions that I I'll look through as we as we go because some of them will lead into our topics. But we have uh, Globes, DGA, SAG, right? That what was the big stuff since we recorded last for sure. Um. Miles's Joey's January will continue. At least one or two of those will bring up discussions. I'm sure. Um, and I I promise Miles I have something for him at the end that if he's a good boy, he'll get. So he'll like it. He has to be surprised. So he will be surprised. But everyone will be uh, in for a treat. I promise you. So let's um, do a question. Yes, let's. Let's do... Do, do, do. There's a bunch, so I'm trying to see what's what we want. Um, let's start with. All right, here. Um, in honor of Society of the Snow on Netflix now, from Josie DeMarco. What are your favorite nature survival movies? Ooh. Obviously, Society of the Snow being a new take on uh, Alive, a better take, I would add. Um, you could go um, another. Uh, movie by the same filmmaker with the impossible i was just about to say the impossible is definitely up there for me you want to go with the day after tomorrow no not especially (laughs) would that count it's cgi nature 
I mean, it counts in the way that like half of Roland Emmerich's filmography counts, but to what end? True. I, I think The Impossible is a better example because that's just more like nature being nature as opposed to yeah. like, weird sci-fi nature like Emmerich does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a like a, a would you consider the gray? Yeah, I would definitely like the like wolves the get a lot of play, but I think it's the elements as much as anything. Yeah, the movie's good, and then there's wolves in the last five minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're around, but you know what I mean? Like, the thing everyone's waiting for is the last scene, and then it ends, and you're like, oh. Well, that was part of that weird era where just, like, the last shot of the movie would be, like, a major part of the trailer. Like, I remember that happening with one of the Amazing Spider-Mans as well. And it's just like, okay, I mean, or you could not, like, I get why they did it that way, because it makes it look like it's... Could you ever not, how would you sell the gray without him with the broken glasses on his on his hand? You have to. Well, I don't know that you do, because he's really, he's, like, genuinely good in it, like, for, on a performance level. So it's one of these things where it's like, maybe you should have played it as the ensemble survival film that it is, as opposed to Liam Neeson kickboxing wolves, which isn't what it is. Yeah. You're only se- I, mean, I would it's, imagine it's, it's, the, it's the musical thing that we've been talking about lately. Like you're only setting yeah. yourselves up for failure and bad word of mouth. True. I mean, I think they made money that way, though. Sure. Well, especially at the time, because Liam Neeson action star was the big thing. Like, I get I get the rationale, but I think you end up losing out on the audience that would actually be interested in that kind of thing. And honestly, I got the best of both worlds because I don't really want him to beat up giant dogs, frankly. But I want the shot. Like the shots just inarguably cool. And I kind of like that it ends on like, listen, if we're being honest, the wolves are going to (laughs) win. Yeah. Like they're fine with this. Was it three of them, I think, right? Or something. I could two, even... three. They, they were they were wolves plural, I think. Definitely. Um But it's so literally like, like he was... what the what the trailer is is like the last scene of the movie, like basically yeah. shot for shot. What's you know what you know what's another one? Not not in terms of shots, but survival-y kind of things. Frozen, the Adam Green movie. Oh, sure. I haven't seen it, but I know it. Fro- if that's ever streaming somewhere, that's a good October movie. It's like it's very mu- – it's mild horror. Sure. Like it's horror obviously, but it's not um, – I would it's, say it it's not. It's, yeah, and it's not like overly gross. There's some like frozen-y grossness to it. Um, and there's a – I think there are wolves at one point because how – any cold survival movie has wolves eventually. Yeah, totally. Just like if you're in the ocean. There'll be a shark eventually. Don't worry. I mean I know you're not <laughs> a big fan along. of The Revenant, but I think that's got some good survival-y stuff in it. Sure, sure. I guess nature, nature, we're thinking of like elements as opposed to animals, right? Yeah, I I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'd be like, yeah, best I would have to figure out. But in terms of worst ones, I'll never watch anything with spider. We know that. Which yeah. there's another one I found out about. Because um, we have that one that like, was it Sting or whatever that I guess is coming out or at least is going to get shot. The one that you and Ken Lowe were like, I'm in. Um and then the maybe arachnophobia remake. Mm-hmm. But there's a French one that played at Venice that um, I think maybe also went to Fantastic Fest or something. I think it's called Vermin or like something else now. Okay. But it's like a, a like a French slum slum apartment kind of complex. And oh. um, a kid accidentally has like a deadly one that replicates and something like that. Like I, it, I read a review from like a, one of I think it was maybe Vultures like film critic. Um who's like, you know, an award season guy. I, I like him. Um, and talked about it being like a squirmy like movie for him. Mm. And he's not like scared of that stuff. I was like, ooh, I was already never watching it. But, you know, 
Well, I'll look it up off air for you because I know you're just like, oh, I'll watch it. Maybe. I mean, I'm not like well, I mean, into, I'm not against. Like, I saw Arachnophobia no. in October, but I, think you, I didn't mind you, it. You were kind of into the fact that it made you get the heebie-jeebies. Sure. Yeah, because it's hard. Like, if it wasn't for, like, I don't want spiders to do it, but I like a movie that actually scares me. It's hard to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm sure there are other survival movies, but I think we named a couple, right? Yeah. We named sort of the front and center ones. Uh, Josie also um, has a Mystery Science Theater uh, follow-up nice. from the last couple weeks. Which actors from this season's award race would you like to see host or be on Mystery Science Theater? Also, which animated movies would you like to see them poke fun at? Um, the animated one is is an interesting thing because I don't know that I want them to poke fun but was it like Rift Track? She says the one where it can be a good movie, right? And yeah. They just sort yeah. of like, because like I would kind of be curious of like a Rift Tracks and like Anomalisa. Oh, be like, God, what are we watching? Be a good one. <laughs> yeah, because it's an amazing movie. But like, if you don't know what you're in for, you're like, what in the world is this? Yeah, totally. No, that's a really good <laughs> those, one. Those puppets be fucking. What's going on? Um, in terms of actors, guests, I mean, I'd love Giamatti. <laughs> I think Giamatti, I think would be into it. Giamatti would be into it. Gosling might be into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be good. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you do you know who Gosling's favorite actor and like role model for performing is? Is it Gary Oldman? I feel like I read that. It's somewhere. not. It's not. But when you hear who it is, you'll understand. You want to take another guess? Think about the things people like him in most, and especially recently. Uh, who might he be modeling? And it's and it would tie into something from this year. Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Oh, it's the cat scene. I don't like that. I have I have girl dragon tattoo on. Uh, do we ever know who kills the cat? We, we're assuming it's Skarsgård, right? I would have to assume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that. Also, you know that like the the thing with the when he catches the bottle. Yeah. That's like, that oh, yeah. That's planned. just in there, which for a hundred takes like that's the one that that happens. Like, come on. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, goes to show how much I like Fincher that I didn't deduct points for the unnecessary cat death. Right. I don't know that it's unnecessary. It, you don't need it, but I guess in, in a movie like this, it makes more sense than in like a shitty horror movie. I don't know. Um, so back to the Gosling thing. You're stumped? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Gene Wilder. Oh, that does make sense. Actually, yeah, I, I can totally say, see like, it. I can totally see it. As soon as you hear it, you're like, yeah, every comedic Ryan Gosling performance is he's doing a Gene Wilder. Like, not an impression necessarily, but it's that, no, but it's he's that same inspired. sensibility for sure. Yeah, um, which is why, you know, he was an early uh, Wonka idea. Maybe. I'm sure he's a bit too old for it. Well, that was why it didn't. I think the the buzz around that was, oh, he like we heard he loves Gene Wilder, I think. Like, he'd love to do this, right? No, he's too old. You know, I think the, I don't remember who the other name was, but one of the names banded about, maybe before before Paul King did it, was Ezra. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand the thought, but I don't like it. Well, that was Warner Brothers going, we need Ezra Miller to be in everything. You you grand fools. <laughs> Ezra Miller is the Warner Brothers person, right? In the same way that like, well, not the same way. <laughs> in a very different way, but in the same thought process from the powers that be. That every time there was a big movie, Ben Affleck got offered to direct it. We just want you to be our director. Not understanding that he's like, I don't really think I'm a Warner Brothers like guy. Mm-hmm. Just happened to have made one with you and like might make another one again. Um, yeah. All right. Other mystery science people. What's what, we got a couple actors about some actresses. 
Um, who would be fun? For, I mean, Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand would be good. It's someone not, like doesn't um, count for this year, but someone like Ayo Adebiri would be great. Sure, almost too obvious. Like almost like probably has been on the. If I haven't seen the new ones, could have been on it, right? Right. No, that's um, fair. Um, who is? I mean, fun? not really part of the season, but a Danny DeVito type would always be great. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, in the season. In the season. The season sometimes Downey would be good. Kind of, Downey would be good if he's into it. If he's into it, yeah. I mean, that goes for everyone, but um, yeah. Um, what about? Hmm. See, it is a year full of like prim and proper people on both sides for the most part. Where there's no messes, or like the younger, you know, younger people. I think are always like a Zac Efron. I'm sure would be able to get down with it just because, like, conversationally, it's easier. Yeah. Um, to understand the concept, just like, uh, you know, like how did this get made or, or blank check or any of the movie podcasts that will have actors on sometimes. Oh no. I'll, Often they- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, cause, uh, Emma Stone and Jennifer Lawrence recently did a, um, like some sort of video interview together. I can't remember who did it, but it's, uh, maybe for Washington post, but it was them mm. like together and they were like folding like dinosaur, <laughs> uh, or like animal sort of paper things while they were doing the interview. They're, them well, doing friends, it to- right? Yeah. Them doing it together would be a a lot of fun i think jennifer lawrence yeah you know who she's not in the race either but you know who did a how did this get made charlize theron oh she'd be good she and rogan did one together mm. I, you know because long shot was coming out sure sure but they did like did they do they did like supergirl or something like that one of those like real weird ones like totally. this movie sucks when it shouldn't like um and there's witches in this movie why um oh it's Pierre yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Why? Again, there's a lot of why. Um, and I think well, Rogan, Rogan's not a couple. Or maybe they, I don't remember which one. Maybe they did Bloody Mary 2. One of those things. Like some of those like, this is not, why, this doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like your Emma Stone, Jennifer Lawrence idea. Either one on their own would work too. Totally. Um, Get the poor things cast in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yorgos. Yo, I mean, you'd have something Show to him say. the weirdest thing and he'd be like, I understand this completely. I... So I'm sure uh, some people have seen and or listened to my my interview with Yorgos and Emma, which was kind of off the rails in a fun way and that they were they were beat and were just content to have me say I like the movie and not really like add anything to it, which became kind of a funny running joke mm-hmm. of like, OK, well, I'm just going to double down. And they were just giggling and having a good time. Like, this is the best interview ever. I don't have to do anything. Uh, while also realizing, like, I'm not really making a good interview, but this is fun. Like, I'm having a good time with this, like, what could be a disaster if you panicked. Yeah. But instead of just having a, I'm, I'm enjoying. It did have that one really good remark. I don't remember exactly how it came up, but I was talking about it being like, it must be fun to be on the set. And Emma's talking about how much she loves obviously doing it. She, you know, keeps coming back now. And Yorgo's just being like, it's not fun for me. Mm-hmm. I hate, this is miserable. After the fact, I've had fun. During the shooting, it's a miserable experience. And that, like, just very deadpan, like, I hate it. Uh, I don't know that he means it fully, but it was like such a perfect response to like, I'm glad everyone else is having fun. Yeah. Well, I'm tearing my hair out. Also, much respect to him when we talk about the Globes in a minute on stage, just being like, Bruce Springsteen's over there. I can't concentrate. Yeah. Very, very authentic. Yeah. Is he just like, is that is that him or is he super stoned all the time? I think it's just him, right? I think it's him. I mean, you don't yeah. make the kind of movies he makes consistently without just being that way. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Uh, so animated films from Mystery Science Theater before we uh, move on from this one. 
Um, I mean, Spider-Verse has a lot of stuff in it, surely. But it yeah, may be too that, much, it, and it's also maybe a bit too self-aware. Has there been like a real bad animated film in a while? I mean, some might say Wish. <laughs> Not bad enough. I, I think it's fair. But like you need like, like a real like 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 actually poor. Yeah. Like they're 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 too expensive. I don't think they ever come out like that. You know what? I mean? um, well, you need something like like some sort of direct to Netflix trolls movie or something like that. Yeah. Like where's the movie forty three of animated films? Oh, it's um, it's uh, Food Fight. If what's you don't know anything fight? about Food Fight, look it up because it's got a hell of a cast and it looks like they're still making it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll, I'll pick a good one in that, you know, what would be a, a great mystery science movie. Uh, Sausage Party. Yeah, not bad. The problem is it's a good movie. Well, everything about it. It's a good movie. It's OK. <laughs> it's good. I think it's a good movie. Um, All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um uh, Josie DeMarco, let's let's finish up the run. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with tarot cards, cards. So, Miles Tarot. Yep, uh, Kelly's really into it, so I, I know vicariously I, I mean, through her. Had I, I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Um, I know people who are into it. I I, I kind of think it's hokum, but you know, it's not harming anyone. What 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 I've gathered from it, from like doing a few readings with her and other stuff is that it's less about what it is and it's more about what you sort of take from it. Like sure. it, it's not giving you one-to-one life advice or anything, but you might hear something and be like, oh, well that does kind of relate to what, you know, something that is going on. And so it's more of a like, oh, this maybe helps me think about that in a different way. Totally. And I think that's more oh, no. the value of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I, I get like my back arches up for the people who are like, no, it's, it's, it's real and doing this. Like, no, it's, it's asking leading questions. And then a a person, you know, obviously Kelly's not doing this, but like someone else more disingenuous is a con artist who then knows what you're saying and builds on that. Like, that's, that's, so actually let's find out where this question is going. Maybe I'm answering the question. Uh, All right. So familiar, let's say. But the Barbie switched to adapt it. All right. Okay. We're getting in the news now. This is perfect. Um, oh, yeah. I guess that would be news ad- since we re- last recorded. Yeah. The Barbie switched to adapt it had me wondering this. If they were making a movie set in the world of tarot cards, would it be original or adapted? That's actually a great question. Well, and that tees up that que- that whole discussion yeah. quite well. Um, and there's a, a follow-up. If there was a tarot movie to be made, who would you want to see write or direct it? Uh, Greta Gerwig now. Thanks. <laughs> Well, too obvious though. Let's let's, no. let's get inspired. Um, well, do we want a horror movie or do we want like a like a comedy or do what do we want? Um, I think I think something similar to Barbie, where there's like it's comedy, but there's like you know kind of social. Because I think if you get into you know in the same way that Barbie is at least partially about what Barbie means to various people, then I think you can do the same like you know, what people take away from tarot cards and how that affects them in their lives. So somebody who's good at like, I don't know, social commentary or critique. I don't know. Fair. I don't have a, I don't have someone, but someone like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, get, I get what you're getting at. Um, or it could be a horror movie. It could. I don't know that there's anything inherently horror about them. Well, isn't there like the, the there's a there's a bad card, right? There's a death card or something like that. Yeah, but that's like, you know, that's a hokey, you know, that's a thing that's in like 
hokey horror movies. I don't know that that's a thing that would be in the. T- it's oh, no, not I'm, like Ouija board or something where it's like. Yeah, no, I'm spooky. not. I'm not suggesting the bad, the good movie. I'm, I'm suggesting the bad version. I mean, if it's um, the bad version, then you know whoever Blumhouse has on speed dial. But, um, yeah, I thought if we wanted uh, to be maybe a bit more interesting with it. <laughs> whoever, whoever directed Night Swim, God, I'll, I promise I'll leave Night Swim alone now. Um, good movie. Um, trying to get, trying to think not obvious because you can just go with like the big creative names of the moment, but they'd all say no. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Give me a second on this. Yeah. Um, well, because it should be like clever, but also it's a toy. And like, I almost think um, something something along the lines of like a stranger than fiction. You know what I mean? Where it's like a sort yeah, of not Mark Forster. Though. No, not Mark. No. But like in terms of the approach, that kind of like, you know what? Um, Zach Helm can get a shot at writing it. There you Still, go. He, he, he directed the Megorium Emporium movie that exists. Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Sure. That might be the title, right? I think you, I think you <laughs> this, were closer than I was, but neither of us is fully confident. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna look that. But yeah, I, I, I'd be into that. He also uh, co-wrote um, the the Anna de Armas Ben Affleck like erotic thriller from what from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. Um, he's got he's got levels. Uh, he's got dimensions. Um, as to the categorization, I want to say if I can figure out the logic. That maybe because there hasn't been like tarot things made, that it would still potentially be original. I feel like the Barbie. I think you could make the argument of it being original easier than you can with Barbie. I I am on the side that like of course Barbie is adapted, and it's silly for anyone to argue that it isn't. I can see both sides. I because on I, the I one can hand, see what the argument is. I just don't agree with the original art. It's an original story, but there's too much that they're pulling from to be like they invented this whole cloth. No, they didn't. Well, that's the thing. They're they're pulling stuff. They're not adapting anything. Is I think the problem that people run into. There's nothing. There's nothing they're adapting. Right. There's I mean, no yes and no. Barbie there, cartoon. There's a lot. Like not. There are a lot of them, but not. They're not using them. No, no. But I mean, in terms of like you know, there's many jokes about specific outfits that she had or specific like yeah. off-brand Kens and things like that. Like I think that's what the adaptation is. Like there. Not necessarily there being a previous Barbie narrative, but there is a whole world of Barbie stuff that they're pull- that yeah. they're very overtly pulling from, and well, it's, so it's that the confusion to me makes of sense. That. Yeah. Well, do you, do we remember if the Lego Movie was original or adapted? I think it ended up being adapted. Yeah. Well, at least they're consistent. I guess, I guess that's just like toys are adapted, even though the the story themselves are whole cloth original. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, I, I get it. Um, I, I understand why some people have very have got especially like other like filmmakers and writers have gotten very bummed out about this. They're like, they created a completely original story. How is that adapted? Like, yes, I I agree that what but like the plot and idea of Barbie right is an original idea. Totally, without question. Um, in terms of getting categorized. I, I see both sides. If that way, if it was original, completely fine with it, right? Because it is, it is, it's main benefit is its originality. Sure. Um, but I also understand where they're like, but there is Barbie's dream house. Like that, they didn't invent the Barbie's dream house. There was already one. Yeah. I, I the the wonky part is that it 
There was never a story attached, right? There was n- there's no there's no Barbie narrative. No, to totally. The toys. And I think that's where the originality comes in, but it's also yeah. where the sort of murkiness comes in. I mean, for me, the murkier thing is the idea that something like Air would be considered an original script even though it's based on a true story and has oodles of like real life people and reference points and things you can pull from, like well, that's that's the interesting thing about these categorizations is like if you're locked into whatever your meaning is, right, then I guess Barbie's an adapted screenplay, even though the script is an original work, totally. whereas but- Air is adapting nothing, even though it is taking real life and making a, a narrative film out of it. I guess that counts as original. Like, I guess at a certain point, you kind of have to just follow their logic. Like, look at look at Origin. Origin was the other one this year. Yeah, and yeah. it's not going it's not going as as far. I think so. It's not going to matter. But I mean, also a lot less people have seen it, so there's a lot less people with opinions about it. But Origin is not an adaptation of 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 cast. It's not an adaptation of the book. It's about it's about Wilkinson like researching and eventually writing the book. Yeah, and like thinking about the book. But so it's, it's an adaptation it's in the same way that, like, adaptation is an adaptation of the Susan Orlean novel. It's like, it's more of a, you know, it's it's about what it's about. Inspired. It, yeah, loosely inspired. But I don't know. There's, it's it's one, so it's think, one of those things. But um, Yeah. So do I, we think Tarot would fall into that? Tarot, I think, has more opportunity to be original because there's less l- lore, for back, lack of a better word, like there is with Barbie. Fair. I'm okay with that. Um, what do you know? One more Josie, and we'll call it on Josie. Um, which performance can you see being nominated without any precursor mentions? Um, I'm going to say maybe none of them at this point, just because I feel, I feel of the like way it's everyone gone. has shown up somewhere. So it'd be, if it we're would be hard for me to imagine, I mean, like a Glenn Howerton or something, but that's wishful but thinking. But I mean, but I mean, by that token, there's a there's a Gotham if you want to. Well, totally something because if we're if we're getting real strict, then I guess maybe a, a Greta Lee is an outside possibility. Has she not? Got, she's gotten some. Stuff. Well, she's shown up in the same place that Glenn Howard has. She's got like Spirit and, and Gotham. I mean, Globes, if we want to get into that. Well, I mean, how, how are we counting the Globes? I mean, I think they count. I wouldn't not count them. <laughs> well, I mean, by Ips, I'm saying if you're if you're if you're using the Globes then more people have been included. If you're not using the globes, it's a little little wider. But I think I think SAG, Globes, Spirit, um, Gotham are kind of the the presumed ones, if you wanna you wanna say. So almost everyone has shown up. I mean the ones who aren't are wishful thinking, like yeah, like like maybe maybe Zach Efron hit at the right moment, but like I feel like that would have that, shown up. That's in, a better, a good in example. Sag. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good example, and I think there was. I think we will look back possibly and realize that they could have made more happen. Yeah. But they obviously, there's no way to know how people are going to react to that movie. It it could easily. I don't even know because obviously it wasn't done until late in the game. Yeah, I don't know that they knew if it was going to be more or less commercial. So I think they I think for what they they ended up they ended up with a good spot for it in the sense of if it's good and has any commercial appeal whatsoever we can make money, right? Yeah. And that's that's how we can make more of these. And who knows, maybe it catches on at the right moment. And and probably it hit like 2 weeks too late. Yeah, to have unfortunately. The, the build. Because that's the thing, like if you look that movie's made good money. Oh yeah. 
No, it's 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 uh, nailing exactly what it set out to do. I think there are people who are just like, you could have pushed it further. And like, yeah, maybe and- they could have. And also like A24 kind of went all out last year. So maybe they're just like, they're like, we they don't we don't have a clear front runner. We're just going to take a breather. <laughs> yeah, they might also be a little cash poor. Yeah. But if you look at, um, you know, the, it, it is a good sign of like sometimes a good movie can just make money. Yeah. Like th- it's not. It's 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 more original of a concept than it used to be. Like this used to be what happened. Like like uh, you know Argo and Silver Linings Playbook and all these like awards plays that had some mainstream appeal made a hundred million dollars. Totally. And they didn't open the like fifty million. They just played well for six to eight weeks, right? Everyone. And they were allowed to play for six to eight weeks instead of going straight yeah. to streaming after forty days. Yeah. Whereas you know like. I would I would argue um, Iron Claw is doing an okay job of that mm-hmm. right now. Still in a bunch of theaters, as far as I know. The problem is, A twenty four doesn't like to do midweek like box office reports, so you have to like go to like a weekend to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. When they last I saw, they were at. Hang on one second. Twenty five twenty four point three million, and they're in. 2400 theaters they're first starting to come down from whatever their high was so like they they opened wide made good money and like yeah i don't know would it have been the same if they had if they had you know gone to a festival or would it have petered out beforehand that's the other question totally yeah so we'll see um but yeah i I like i i think he's the the obvious answer and i just don't know that there is a more likely answer to the Showing up nowhere, getting nominated thing. Totally. Could have been Sterling K. Brown until, uh, you know, a couple hours ago. Well, that's probably who I would have said, if not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's do the Globes real quick, because I feel like we both care the least about them. Sure. Although I will say I'm kind of happy with all their winners. (laughs) Well, that's 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 the thing of it. Winners good. Show bad. Well, I did not watch the show, to be clear. <clears throat> I knew you weren't going to watch it. I, I, that, w- I, that was maybe the safest bet of the night for me. Is that, <laughs> is that I wasn't going to watch it? That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I think when I actually saw that you had watched one of the Joey January things during, I was like, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. And I, I don't want to – I don't remember who said it, so I can't give him credit. But I'm, I'm not stealing it, but I agree. Um, they essentially positioned themselves going forward as like BAFTA without meaning. Sure. Little very Eurocentric winners, right? I, I mean, Oppenheimer, very English feeling movie in a way, right? Well, in terms of um, its approach, I would agree with that, even though it's very yeah. American subject matter. But it, I mean, Nolan is a is a everyone filmmaker while sure. still being very much himself. He's, he he toes a very unique line that I I, I almost was going to say people don't appreciate enough, but then there's people who appreciate him maybe even too much. So he he's doing fine. He doesn't need the extra praise. But I think, you know, it, it's not hard to, you know, it's not a big stretch to say he's a master at this point. No. Um, though, you know, people don't like some things and there's reasons. But, you know, anyway. Uh, but if you look at the winners and we'll go down in a minute, they almost all have a flavor of that sort to them. Sure. So I'd agree with that. Um, drama, picture, Oppenheimer. Very easy call. That was the thing. There was just some some surprises, but they're not surprising once you see how the night went is the yes. thing. Yes. So that's that's the interesting thing. And and the Globes don't have precursors in the same way, so you can't necessarily guess. But you, you're telling your story, right? So Oppenheimer wins. <clears throat> I, I, I At this point, I probably would say Anatomy of a Fall was two. 
I think that's the, probably safe. Yeah. Yeah. But once, you know, once we knew that like some of the, you know, Barbie and, and the holdovers and made, you know, so many of the things were going to be actually comedy categorizations, it seemed like there was never gonna, an argument here. Yeah. The interesting thing, and the reason I also agree with this kind of distinction is like zone of interest kind of randomly in, in hindsight is there mm-hmm. in drama. Which just also goes to show they they love their Euro um, cinema because there are, you know, are other films that could have easily been there and maybe in the past would have more likely been there because I don't know that they're not star fuckers anymore, but they're 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 trying not to be at least or at least trying to hide it better. Yeah. Um, Comedy or musical poor things, which was a little bit of a surprise. But when you think if you think of it in terms of it being a little bit of a Eurocentric um body barbie's not really their cup of tea in the same way no despite its decent amount of nominations and well that's the interesting thing special is citation barbie... i guess you could call it well we don't know how obviously we have no idea of knowing how the group works but like you can almost read it as yeah uh, so we'll skip to that part barbie won the box office thing that we don't care about um like i don't even know how you're supposed to predict that do you just predict whatever the highest grossing film is I get well, but what's fucking Mission Impossible doing there? We st- uh, yeah, they they didn't understand their own award, but like, but I guess we'll I guess we'll see in another year or two. Like, will the highest grossing film of the lineup always win? In which case, why is there a why, why don't you just announce the winner? That's what the money's for, etc. Yeah, um, because like I think if Barbie had won comedy, right? They not that they can do it this way because they don't know. You hope. Then Taylor Swift would have won, right? Yeah, and which makes sense because that's a unique box office achievement. If that's how yeah, you, you would be categorize it. You would be almost like neither of us want this award to exist. But in the world where this award exists, you give it to the documentary that made a shit ton of money that's not eligible anywhere else. Sure. Or like then, you know maybe you'd... maybe like a re-release that really had legs or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, or something interesting. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you, you do almost wonder if did Barbie not come up in picture or comedy because the. Uh, Musical comedy because they knew they could just check it off in 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 that category. Possibly, I mean, it, it it only got one other award, so yeah. Well, yeah, so it ended up with two on the night. Nothing else got more than two besides Oppenheimer, so it was an Oppenheimer night. Spoiler: um, Poor Things wins. Pretty cool. Um, don't. Uh, we'll talk about it more in a minute when we get to the other stuff. But don't like use the globes for your predictions. No, is the thing I would very clearly say because. I, I had people immediately be like, so is it Oppenheimer versus Poor Things? I'm like, no. No, it's not. That's um, not how this works. No, it's very cool that they went for Poor Things. It would have been so much easier for them to do Holdovers or American Fiction. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Uh, animated was Boring the Heron. Yep. Not European, but obviously much more of an international flavor. For sure. Also, to some people, just the best one of the group. To some. Not to us. <laughs> not... Did I show you that I got sent like a real like lovely boy in the hair and art book that I'm like, boy, boy, are they barking up the wrong tree. Well, it's it's nice that yeah. they're trying. I mean, listen, they're, no, I love it. They're they're campaigning the shit out of it. So it's going to as they should probably going to do all right. Yeah. Um, so we we ended up overthinking. I, I mean, my prediction was right. But we, remember, we were kind of the one that we said was the hard one was a non-English language. Oh, which, sure. Again, in hindsight. Makes no fucking sense that you put past lives in there and then it doesn't win. Well, yeah, past lives went home empty handed. It was kind of wild. Yeah, they they love that one and then they gave it nothing. So still hard to figure out. But yeah, Anatomy of a Fall wins. 
what was my prediction. Um, actor in a drama was a surprise in that it was Killian Murphy, but they really like Oppenheimer. Totally. And if you again, if you look at it with the 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 voting body lens, Bradley Cooper Maestro is a very American story, right? Um, Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy is is like the big Brit of the lot. I mean, Barry and Andrew also, but like not, you know, they're um, Irish, Scottish, I want to say. Um, Welsh, who knows? Like they're all, you know, but you know what I'm getting at? Like yeah. in terms of that voting body, what Killian has done in the past, what he's doing here and the movie he's in, I think is a It's got a very Euro flair. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> well, not being like critiquing of it, because that's the thing about Saltburn. Saltburn, if you if it's working for you, I think you also realize that like it's really talking shit about like British aristocracy. Well, yeah, I mean, I you mean we've <laughs> more mixed on it. Well, but I also don't know that I think it's if it's doing that, it's almost doing it by accident. Uh, I'm I think it's doing it on purpose. I agree with the fact that I don't know that it's the most successful element of the film. It's not what I was paying attention to and enjoying. Sure. Per se. Like I do when I hear about it, go, okay, that tracks. And, you know, things like that. Interestingly, I heard a different podcast talking about sort of the backlash to her. Sure. Right? That was also kind of interesting. And I think a lot of it is people found out she comes from money. I mean, how, it, how it, dare it can't not color it in a certain way just because of what the movie is and how it's about what it is. Like, I mean, it's I definitely mind. got content that would seem in any other context to be critical of the ultra rich. But the fact that it doesn't follow through on that does, you know, these things are not unrelated, I don't think. I mean, I, I think it could go either way. I think it, it depends because not every, you know, rich person is a is a prick, right? Some are. Uh, but like I get a good example because I think there are some people very reductive who got into like, well, she comes from money, so she must love them. Like, I don't think. No, that's I don't think it's as getting simple at. as that. No, but it's... well, I would I would turn people to uh, Travis Knight, right? Yeah. Travis Knight is a real like hardworking filmmaker. Who is his dad? <laughs> ben you, Affleck you know and answer, right? <laughs> exactly. Like the guy who was able to give billions of dollars to charity because he has so much money. Like Travis did not grow up hungry. No. Travis could have like financed these movies if he wanted to, I imagine. But like came up like he came up through um Leica, right? Or no, he founded Leica. Well, I Yeah, mean, exactly. Like like well, I mean, that took hang him money, but like made a job for himself like a career. Like here's yeah. what I want to do. And like it, you know, they also struggled financially. It wasn't like they had him uh, you know, unlimited pockets. It, it was very much like the right way. So like Yeah. But you could also have said like, oh, well, this is all colored through that. So it all whatever. But it's but it's also I think the difference there is that Leica hasn't made a movie about the super rich in a meaningful way in the way that Emerald has. That's fair. And I think that's Um, why like if that's not what the film was like, if it was just off promising young woman. Yeah, there's no reason to think about that because it doesn't come into play in the movie itself. But here it maybe exposes i don't even want to say a blind spot because again i i agree with you that we shouldn't presume to know these people's deals better than we do but it's not nothing yeah i mean if you're if you're enjoying the movie or liking it or think it's working i don't think it's a factor if you're not it's more fuel for the fire and that's just you know sort of how it goes Mm. um let's see where are we at uh actress drama lily gladstone yep um it, it, that's kind of how it 
Yeah, it seems like how it's going. I think Sandra Uller might have had a shot here. Yeah. But um, I think also, while you don't, you know, change your predictions based on anything, I think this definitely, the way the the, the room seemed to be into it, mm-hmm. her speech was very, was very, you know, um, hit on hit hit on it being important without it being like a dour speech or anything like that. So she didn't hurt herself in any way. No. Um, you just you 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 want to hope that it doesn't become like a boring win, because you hate when like the important and good ones get boring. Yeah. Because then you run the risk of like, oh no, they're gonna overthink it. Um, the other like this was probably the easiest call of the night was Emma Stone for poor things. Totally. In comedy, like I mean, Margot was a was an opportunity. I'm sure, but no, it, it was never not going to be Emma. Yeah, agreed. The, yeah. Uh, actor in a comedy, Paul Giamatti. That was also a very easy call when you look at the lineup. Mm-hmm. Also, like, <sighs> some of those are barely comedies. Like, like Dream Scenario is is comedy adjacent. Yeah, it, it's a comedy for the first, like, 50 to 60% of it. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's uh, very serious and angry about something that I don't know what you'd be angry about. <laughs> um, Chalamet and Wonka, that's more of a musical than a comedy. Well, whatever, you like it more than I do. We don't have to litigate that one. He's fine in it. Yeah, it was a, I, it, you know. I think I like it in the sense of it's nice that it's not that they remember that musical comedy is in the name as, as opposed to just comedies. Yeah. I mean, they could have. There were other directions they could have gone, but yeah, I'm sure with that. Matt Damon and Air was good, and they like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Bo is afraid is baffling. Yeah, I don't quite get that one. <laughs> yeah, well, we also didn't find it funny. And Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction is good. Yeah, but it, yeah, G- Giamatti was was very good. I like that he uh, is playing up the like. By the way, just so you guys don't forget, my character smells like fish. <laughs> Which just make sure we address that several times. I like that. That mm-hmm. like uh, he's he's. That's the other thing. Like, I, again, don't change your predictions based on this, but he is, uh, he's making a case to win. I, I, I'm, I've, you know, not just as a result of this, but just in terms of like you're, like we're saying the temperature in the room, it's hard for me to think of Bradley Cooper as the front runner anymore. I'm kind of between Giamatti and Killian. Yeah. Which is where we'll talk about it when we talk about SAG. Um, so we'll, we'll put a pin in that for a second, just cause. We can we can do it there, but yeah, something's happening there. I think mm-hmm. um, supporting actor Downey, it was Downey or Gosling, right? It was yeah. it was and and the stars and like you know it's it's a better story, and they liked Oppenheimer more. Well, yeah, as it, simple it, as it that. It felt like it was part of the Oppen sweep, and um, and they clearly liked Barbie enough to nominate it, but didn't go further yeah. than that. I I think the, the easiest way to look at this getter will be whoever wins SAG. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably true. I mean, I, I think I, I mean Critics' Choice, I suppose, also. But you know, it could easily just be a downy sweep. Um, it'll be interesting if there's a back and forth, just because yeah. they're so different. But we'll see. A Divine Joy Randolph and supporting actress—that's I think just happening. Yeah, that seems like a done deal. Well, there's just and and again, there's there just hasn't been an opponent. Yeah, well, and, I think I think we thought Emily Blunt could be just because of an overdue narrative, but I think she's going to be happy with the nomination. Which that's fine. Like, I mean, there's a there's a small chance that like you get that weird like sag upset because she has a win there already. Sure. But I don't feel like you would change based on that. You'd be like, okay, well, maybe she's more likely to be in now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting win. Like, it's not a win I think you would see coming. 
not not from a distance and it didn't have like the the monique and precious element of like this was a long in the running like festival thing but if you're if you're winning things when no one else is long enough it kind of happens yeah and that's cool um and i think in a in a in an interesting way it's probably going to help giamatti yeah definitely could do i mean listen very much a deserving performance sure uh nolan wins director they could have handed that to him before the nominations came out totally um i don't think we're gonna see him lose anything notable all year i would be shocked at this point i think the only reason anyone would ever think that would happen is because they like him and he hasn't won we've seen this happen we know how this goes it just usually happens to someone you're a little more indifferent to yeah um screenplay was the big surprise of the night and that was anatomy of a fall which i love that win yeah i'm 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 into it um also i think we we even said i think on the on the episode that like it was that was a tight one mm-hmm. more as much as you kind of defer to barbie right as like it's the creative thing but once you realize barbie's not their thing in the same then way, i yeah if they if i if only we had said barbie's not winning what now i would have spent a lot of time on this because i didn't think they were going to double down on, on nolan which maybe they would have I, I don't know i feel like based um, on the other wins oppenheimer is probably the two I think Oppenheimer definitely was close. I think Poor Things probably had a chance, but I think I, I never would have assumed Celine's song, right? Yeah. Even though it did really well. It just, it, it, it it's, didn't it's hard seem to, like... It's hard to see them going that over everything else. Yeah. And and Scorsese Roth winning for writing, just, it always seemed odd. Like, I mean, listen, there was a world in which they could have just won their Oscar, so Scorsese has a second one. Mm-hmm. But for their screenplay, always will feel odd. Yeah. So it 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 really, I think, set up a world where Anatomy had a chance. And and I think it, it, you can't not like the screenplay if you like the movie. It is and, – and they clearly liked the movie a lot. It didn't it, – the only thing it really missed was, uh, was a director nomination, which I'm sure it was probably next in line. Mm-hmm. I could see it. Yeah. Original song was Barbie. What was I made for? That was the only question was like, do we know which Barbie song? And I think it's going to be that one for the Oscar. I agree. Yeah. And I imagine I'm just Ken will be the other one to get in, even though Dua Lipa is doing a lot of work. And I mean, I love that song, so I wouldn't be mad at that. But yeah, I agree. all three I are think. good. I mean, we know only two will get in. So the weird question will be, will only one get in because of uh, the vote split? But we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, As much as I know, no one actually saw she came to me, except me, and even less people, I think, heard the song because it plays over the credits. Um, but you can't deny that having Springsteen there wasn't great. Oh, you totally. didn't watch it. But oh, no, but I, heard, I saw com- the I saw the relevant, you know, clip. You saw the you saw the Yorgos thing. Right. And then like every commercial break, it's someone going to talk to Bruce. Of course. <laughs> Which I, I love that. I, I was telling this to um, a person I was um, briefly um, seeing, let's say, at an event. Because they were confused about like a celebrity who wasn't involved in a thing at an event I was at. And I was like, there's a celebrity hierarchy. Like, just because you're famous doesn't mean you don't get like fanboy fangirly about other famous people. Totally. And it, it's almost worse because you have access to them. Because <laughs> like, like if you like, like Bruce, I'm sure is like, hey, Matt Damon, like, that's cool that you want to come talk to me. I know who you are. And Matt Damon's like, oh, my God, you're Bruce Springsteen. Like, it, it's a... It's a funny it's almost a funnier interaction because they have more trouble communicating because it's almost easier to communicate. But there's that celebrity thing. Whereas, you know, if I talk to Bruce Springsteen, he it's a very like structured conversation, right? Sure. I know why you're talking to me. You love my stuff. 
I appreciate that you like it, but I don't know anything about you and I don't know you. I, you're probably good people, like whatever, but I, I can't, I'm not bringing anything to the table, right? Same with the, when we do interviews. Uh, whereas, you know, if I went to go talk to Bruce Springsteen, he was like, I love the site. I read it all. I listen to the podcast. Suddenly it's a weirder conversation. Yeah. In like, a lot well, of ways. <laughs> you, you, well, besides that, you're like, but like, you know, things about me and like, I don't, that's not what I was approaching this with. Um, and then the, uh, the other win was obvious was, uh, Oppenheimer for score. That's, I yes. think just going to happen. The, the upset would have been boy and the heron here. Yes. But n- did not happen. Um, I know nothing about the TV stuff and Steve's not here. Um, I, I will say I was not surprised, I guess, by succession and the bear winning a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That's just, I feel like that's again for, I'm, and I'm, beef. I'm like you from what little I know about these things, but it feels like it goes in cycles where it's just like, this is the drama that's winning everything right now. This is the comedy that's winning everything right now. And it just kind of goes in little it's, arcs it's like a that. boring, honestly. I don't love it. No, it, it feels quite predictable like i didn't watch any of those shows i've seen one episode of the bear but like i will watch the bear at some point because i know i'll probably like it that said the one episode i watched not a comedy <laughs> that shows no that's the other thing AF. i've heard it's like it's yeah like is, is the comedy because it's stressful apparently it gets funnier as it goes along but what what kelly and i watched we were both like oh this isn't funny yeah in that no way. I, this is like like nightmare inducing <laughs> my um one of the, uh, so one of the, I'm having jokers. PTSD about a show, uh, about a job I never worked. <laughs> exactly. My, um, I was listening to a podcast I listened to, tell him Steve Dave. I interviewed, um, Walt Flanagan from that, Kevin Smith people. We'll talk about Kevin Smith again in a moment. Um, quickly, cause we don't want to yell. Um, but it, it'll, it'll make sense. Cause we, you brought up a thing that we'll address when it comes to that, yeah. um, from when we were talking off air. But, um, uh, Quinn, Brian Quinn Q from Impractical Jokers is on that. He's, uh, he is friends with them. So he's done the podcast with them for a decade or whatever at this point. Mm-hmm. He was talking about when he was home for Christmas, um, on, for New Year's, they were watching he and his mom, she's like in a retiring community in Florida. They were watching, um, the, you know, the ball drop stuff. And there's that like break for the news at like 10 o'clock, 1030, like that, like half hour where it's like, no more show. We're gonna do the news, then come back. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, been like, I'm watching the bear. Let's watch a show for a minute. And he put on the first episode of the bear for his mom. And he said he turned to her at one point and she just was like shaking her head. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, you don't like it, Maha? Because he is like, it's like, it, you know, for him and for people who like it, like, there's something about watching, like, how making a fucking sandwich is, like, existential stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, in the first episode, like, the brother commits suicide, right? And he has to give up his job to go run the shop and shit for whatever reason. And you can tell she's just like, I don't like this. This is not for me. I, I mean, um, I'm sure it's great, but we have not watched a second episode. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard if you love it, you'll binge it. And if you don't, you're not in. And I just I, and, over and, the summer, I, I like I all I the actors that are in it. I, I'm open to getting back yeah. into it. It's just like it's it's more emotionally taxing than I think I was expecting from a show that's been described as a comedy. <laughs> totally. Um, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's do the award stuff and then we'll get into the other stuff as we, on the back end. Um, DGA, that's a quick one. Four of them were very obvious, right? I would say. Nolan, the front runner, Scorsese and Lanthimos, the backups, Gerwig, you wish she would be higher, but it's, she's a woman and they hate women in that cat, in that fucking, uh, organization, it seems like. Um, so that fifth one. Right. I think um, I never did. I didn't do the official predictions, but I probably would have. I don't know who I would have picked. I would have probably told you that Cooper will miss. But if he gets in, he'll get in at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, Payne, which, which I would have agreed with. 
Yes, Alexander Payne gets in. It's a very safe five. So I don't know that he's in, but it's very hard not to see a world where he's in, right? That's the interesting thing here. Um, I, I think like I was trying when in the wait for it because they they kind of have this like amorphous time that they announce. It's kind of around the same time, mm-hmm. and I was waiting and just like wondering. And I was like, I wonder like like what's the weirdest one that they could get away with? It's probably like Michael Mann, right? Where you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? But also yeah. like it's Michael Mann. I kind of get it. They like their like muscular man directors, right? Sure. Clint Eastwood has made many an appearance here. Um, you know, Jonathan Glazer could have gotten in. Um, well, I think Emerald that's Fennel what a lot of people no... were predicting is Glazer. Yeah. And I've, I, I I've seen, f- maybe not for DGA specifically, but I've seen Justine Triette come up more than a few times. Yeah. She's the more accessible version of Glazer, essentially. Um, Emerald Fennel is the, is, was the big outside the box, like Wildbeck. Affleck was kind of like who I was pulling for in a way like i mean that would have that would have meant something (laughs) exactly they but they don't think that way obviously so it's alexander payne you have a very safe five right now your question i'm pretty sure it's my predicted five for the oscars which i guess now i have to change because it's unlikely that it'll be exactly those five but maybe well we'll we'll um we'll see if uh if when we think about this i'll i'll give you homework for one of these weeks to go and look up like how often the five for five happens i feel like because that's pretty rarely it's rare, but I'm curious when the last couple of times were um, and if the because sometimes if you pull up like what years those were, mm-hmm. you'll be able to see if like they look about like this or not. Um, I'm inclined to think we'll get a miss. Most likely it's it's Cooper and he was never in. They seem like maybe a little less into his directing than you would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, Payne's very safe uh, as a pick. Uh, the question will be also Gerwig, right? Yeah. I assume she'll get in, but you, you you just you can't trust them until until it happens. Yeah. Um. And will the five instead be a lone director? Could be. Or an international director. The like you know, is Yorgos the lazy way of being like he's international? Hmm. These are the questions. Yeah. Exactly. And then in the um kind of unusual first time category, right? It's always you can never predict this one because one we never remember who's made their first film. Mm-hmm. Two, they only remember some people, and there's really only one or two possibilities anyway. So um, nominees are the two likely. It's basically the two people fighting it out for the win. I would imagine are Cord Jefferson and Celine Song, right? Yes, American Fiction, Past Lives. Um, your your spoiler would be A.V. Rockwell, A Thousand and One. Um, then you have uh, uh, Nora uh, Niasari for, for Shada, who we interviewed. I sat with her at a, at a TIFF dinner. She's very nice. Very happy for her. And then Manuela Martelli for Chile 76, which I didn't know existed. Never heard of it. Exactly. That, that's that's that group in a nutshell. Uh, directors like are going to be a cool win, but like just not super interesting. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know that it's going to ultimately amount to much, but it's always. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I see. mean, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I don't think Critics' Choice is going to go anywhere but Nolan, but you never know. Yeah. Um. So SAG actor is what I want to do later because I want to talk about something specific. All right. So um, your favorite category, the stunt coordination. <laughs> hey, where they always. It's good that they have it. <laughs> I, I know you like that they have it. There's never a year where we're not a little befuddled by what they do. Well, there's, there's this definitely year. an outlier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your nominees are Barbie, which, spoiler, the only best uh, ensemble nominee. 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, I'm inclined to think maybe it's John Wick, even though I think it's the first time John Wick's gotten in. Yeah, but I mean, they kind of stepped up the stunts on this one. Well, if you look at the nominees, right, Barbie has some stuff, but it's not it's not really as stunty as as the other stuff. But it is it is a picture nominee, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Guardians. I think the CGI will hurt hurt it a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, Indiana Jones. It's a lot of mileage for replacing uh, an old man. Right. Mm -hmm. Which cool. Uh, And then Mission Impossible. He does so much of his own stuff. Well, and it's like that's like if it was if we're talking Fallout, which I don't remember if that one or not, but that would feel like the obvious one. Didn't, but I'll double check. Just because those movies are so much sold on the stunts in that way. Well, let's see. They've only given it a handful of times. Um, so quickly, 2007, The Bourne Ultimatum won. I didn't even know that they gave it at that point. Wow. Um, 2008, Dark Knight, 2009, Star Trek. So I guess CGI doesn't matter. 2010, Inception. 2011, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 2. Skyfall, Lone Survivor, Unbroken. Okay. Uh, Fury Road, Hacksaw Ridge, Wonder Woman, Black Panther. Black Panther beats Fallout. Oh, so they're not that against Marvel then. Maybe no. Guardians has um, a shot. <laughs> well, I think I started to think you might be right because the uh, Endgame wins the next year, beating four Best Picture nominees. I don't, I don't, they're not not at SAG, but Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Joker, fascinating. Hmm. What for? Like yeah. Joaquin climbing Stuck. into a fridge? Uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he did it. Uh, he then sh- you had Wonder Woman, 19- <laughs> Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. But here's the, here's the best part. You know, I'm sure you don't remember the nominees, but the other four were the Five Bloods. Sure. I guess I guess they are older gentlemen. They're probably not doing a lot of the shooting in the third act. Mulan. News of the World. If and the Trial so. of the Chicago Seven. I mean, there's like some riot scenes or something. I guess. I, I mean, it's not a bad nomination, but it's so strange compared to what you think. When you think of the category. Yeah. Um, and then two years ago, No Time to Die wins. And then last year, Top Gun Maverick. Sure. So I don't know. There's no fucking way to tell. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on John Wick, honestly, just for lack of further yeah. clarity. And it's, I don't know. That's like, I feel like, because every now and then there's like a big movie where it's like, there should be a stunt category at the Oscar. And I feel like that's been kind of leading the charge this year for that. Yeah. And there's some I mean, pretty impressive stunts in that too. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Uh, okay. So, uh, supporting actress, Emily Blunt, Danielle Brooks, Penelope Cruz, mm-hmm. Jodie Foster, Divine Joy Randolph. So, Penelope Cruz is the is the party crasher. So, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but when it comes to SAG, I usually feel like four out of five in most categories is about right. Yeah, that's what I tend to go off of. So... Penelope Cruz replacing Julianne Moore, hypothetically, right? Or someone else, right? Yeah. So I don't know that this gets Penelope Cruz in. It, but ke- it keeps her in the conversation. It keeps certainly. her in, for sure. Um, I I have I have Roseman Pike as my five. So I guess that might be the answer of someone who get in with almost nothing. She only has Globe. Sure. That would I'm honestly I wouldn't put it past Oscar. 
I yeah, think I I'm think also I'm also still not convinced on Nyad just in general. They they like Nyad here because it got both of the nominations, but that's true. Nyad could just. But could in just terms of what what would miss going forward, I just I don't know. Do you think There's maybe some... Penelope Cruz would get in and uh, Foster would miss for someone else? I think potentially, yeah. Like maybe mm. that's where Moore gets in. I don't know. But right, but more kind of needed to show up here to have a better fighting chance in the same way that yeah. now Cruz has kind of benefited. And they sure, do I, like Cruz at the Oscars. Yep. I would say Blunt. I, I hate saying it because the Oscars seem to hate her. But Blunt, Brooks, and Randolph are in. Yeah, I would what agree. what it feels like. Foster in a good spot, but you never know. Cruz now in the conversation. I wouldn't count out um, Julianne Moore. I... I, I I just I see something about the Rosman Pike thing, but we'll find out. Um, and then the you know I I don't know that there's really anyone else. It's such a the category's been boring because of the one winner yeah. kind of thing, but we'll see. Um, supporting actor was on one, as the kids say. <laughs> Sterling K. Brown. I will I will. It's a cool win. It's a cool nomination. Sorry, he's not going to win, no. but I will remind people. SAG loves when a TV actor's in a movie. Sure, sure. Well, especially because he, I'm, I have to say, won a bunch for uh, This Is Us, or at least was nominated a bunch. I, I believe so. Once they once they like you, you do. Let's want, remember when Viola Davis won that SAG that like got leaked? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, maybe it's fake. Who knows? But I, I, if it's true, keep in mind, they, they love her. Um. He has three Emmys. He's got a Golden Globe. Yeah, he won uh, three SAGs. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, two actors and an ensemble. Got nominated for OJ. Won, won an ensemble for Black Panther. Nominated two more times for, for This Is Us. Yeah, they, they like him. Um, Willem Dafoe, Poor Things. That's the other big cool. surprise. Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie. So they skipped over Charles Melton, yep. which I think um, – we'll talk about that in a second and, – and Ruffalo, which is very confusing. Um, I do think Ruffalo will still get in. Well, and not for nothing, but Ruffalo's last nomination for Spotlight, he missed for SAG as well. Exactly. I, it is very weird to watch poor things and then go, Defoe, not Ruffalo. I understand both, and I understand neither if it's not your thing. But only Defoe is a choice. Yeah, and that's uh, maybe that's something we need to prepare for. I mean, listen, I think they're both great, but Ruffalo is really doing a thing. Exactly. Um, the thing here is uh, this hurt Charles Melton a lot. Yeah. And I I, I had this suspicion, but I, I also sometimes I don't say things because you don't want to start a train running. Mm-hmm. Like I will always remember – that it's not the reason it happened, but the the most of a season that we spent back in the day talking about Robert Duvall and the judge, right? Sure. And then that just happened. Like if you just keep talking about it enough times, boring – like people who are not in the know who vote sometimes will just do it. Yeah. So like I, I had always kind of wondered if Melton was the, the critics group thing that Maybe. wouldn't really matter. Not matter, you know, but like wouldn't translate as much when the, when the going gets tough. But – one, I don't necessarily want to like torpedo an up and coming actor. Two, I don't know if it's true. So I didn't really, I didn't want to like bring that out there just to, because like, there's no point to the conversation beyond like, I don't know, maybe. And yeah. now people are thinking it. But we now have some evidence of that possibly being true. Yes. 
So. Which would be a pity because again, like even if the like I like the movie quite a bit, but like separate from the movie, I think he's like one of the better performances of the year. And sure, so it would be I mean, wild if he didn't get in from that standpoint. But also, it's a crowded as fuck category. And you know, I always love a, no- a never been nominated person getting in, and like we're most likely going to have all prior nominees. Yeah, um, De Niro has an Oscar. Uh, but De Niro, so De Niro, Downey, and Gosling have missed nowhere, so they're in. Yeah, for sure. And then you got to figure out Defoe and or Ruffalo. Does Melton get in? Is Brown a thing? Um, is there any other type of uh, double dipping to be had? Um, what about Glenn Howard? And what about any of these other sort of out, more outside the box people? Um, so I think also back on Sporting Actress, I believe Blunt. Brooks and Randolph have mi- haven't missed. Yes, I think that's right. So keep that in mind. All right, actress. Annette Benning, Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Margot Robbie, Barbie, Emma Stone, Poor Things. Sounds sounds normal, right? Yep. But Except there's a person missing. Sandra Uller. Where oh where is Sandra Uller? For either that's a uh, very category. Very strong. I kind of understand the, the the zone of interest thing not happening, but um, this I don't think it necessarily keeps her from getting in, right? But it's a show of strength for Annette Benning, yeah, and also I think really hurts her possibilities of winning. Not that I think she was going to win, but like the idea of her being two or three, mm-hmm. I think she's back down into the four or five range, possibly. Yeah, maybe. But I've also, and maybe you can speak more to this, but I feel like international stuff doesn't always pop up as much with SAG there it depends I mean didn't I mean the year of L right um that that was the year where Emma Stone wins the Oscar and the SAG but the loses the globe to Mm -hmm. um I'm spacing on her name again I did this last week also um the Verhoeven movie L oh um um uh, we both exactly. knew know who we're talking about, but I'm blanking. I'm well. looking at her. Yeah. Um, uh, give me one second. It is. I want to say Catherine Isabel, Deneuve, but that's not correct. No. Isabel, I said that also. Lesson. Isabel Isabel Huppert. Isabel Huppert had like the winning buzz for a minute, even though like yeah. obviously it was Golden Globes and that doesn't matter in the same way. But, you know, um, Uller doesn't have that. She has just critical acclaim. Yeah. Which makes a win. And, and she's far. less of a name outside of that. Exactly. So like. The Globes giveth, SAG taketh away, let's say. Yeah. And I know where I tend to put more uh, value into, but at the same time, you can't look at any one thing and you just kind of have to go on your, your gut. But I want to, the reason I wanted to do actor after these is I wanted to talk about something mm. because remember how we talked about like, you know, if only they would just like pay attention and do a thing. Yeah. SAG did a thing. They did. Uh, they, they did have a very good lineup here. <laughs> they cracked the code. That, like, I'm tempted to go with it. Bradley Cooper, Coleman, Domingo, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy, Jeffrey Wright. They solved the problem by just not nominating DiCaprio. And, like, this is my predicted nominee and kind of my ideal uh, five. So, I mean, I, you know, Zach Efron would break it for me, but, like, aside from that, in the more realistic, in, world, in, yeah. in the Oscar votary, like, because, like, I haven't seen all of a stranger, so I can't speak to Andrew Scott, but he's someone who, like, definitely needed to show up here for that to feel yes plausible yes um so i don't know that i'm i I have to figure out if i'm gonna do it or not but 
I wonder if maybe this will put the thought in enough voters' heads of like, you don't have to vote for DiCaprio. Yeah. I know you like him. I know he's good, but he's not going to win. Like, look at the, you never know if you're going to get um, Killian, Coleman, or Jeffrey again, right? Right. Just, you, you never know. I mean, I would assume that there's going to be opportunities, but you never know. Yeah. And you know you like them, right? So that's and, great. And some of them have been, like, Jeffrey in particular, have been, like, near misses in recent years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, also, Coleman is a couple levels of representation. Very Don't much sleep so. on that. Even though that's not should never be the reason, but, you know. But it it's never not for nothing. To, no, it, you should vote for who you like, but, like, you should consider what your vote says. Um, and and also, you're, you may be in a position to give uh, Paul Giamatti an Oscar, person you've ignored several times. Like, look what happens. You have to wait longer. Um, this could make a lot of sense. It's just whether or not they do it or they defer to um, DiCaprio and then it's who misses. So we'll see. But I, I think there's a possibility that's what, what might happen. We'll talk about it. We have, we have a little bit to figure that out. And then Ensemble, American Fiction. Mild surprise, but also very much a SAG never going to win nominee. You know, they, they went for the big sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can look at the they, they do like a, a well acted comedy when done right. right. Barbie. That was very, very um, likely. The color purple. Bit of a surprise. Also, weird backhanded compliment. Yeah. So like it's it's this thing where I, I no one will ever admit it. And I can't tell you for certain. I, I, it, it, I have this weird feeling that people are voting for it out of like a weird obligation sense. Yeah, like they feel like not it should be a contender, not as much. And again, I haven't seen, seen it yet, so I can't yeah. speak to it. But I, I, I know what you mean. Any favors. Yeah. Like it, it, it either sets it up to be the 10th movie in picture, right? And like, okay, great. Or you miss and all you did was make the like waste precursor spots. And I know waste is a strong word. And like, I, listen, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just I, I I feel like it's very much the five in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and by not going for it, real, I mean, Daniel Brooks is sort of its own thing because it's a it's such a big performance within the film. But like the fact that um, Fantasia keeps missing and and the film has no uh, won't show doesn't show up anywhere in director and it's missing other picture. Like it, very clearly it's not on the top of people's minds. So I don't know. It's a weird thing to me. Uh, then we have Killers of the Flower Moon, which has its own ensemble thing going on with a much smaller list than other places. But, you know, um, fun rules about that. And Oppenheimer, mm. which I assume is the front runner. Yeah, I would also assume. Yeah. So that's sort of where we're at with the award stuff for now. Um, I'll put up a new prediction thing on Friday, which I wasn't going to do because I was like, eh. I actually forgot that it was all the other stuff because like it's Golden Globes don't need that. But guess what else does? So there we are. Um, all right. So we have a couple more questions. We have your movies and I have a surprise for you. So we'll, we'll barrel through the questions. Sounds good. Um, since 20. OK, so sad question as we wrap up SAG. Matthew Anderson, since 2020 slash 21, we've only gotten one acting lineup from SAG translating five for five with the Oscars of those nominated SAG. Which lineup do you think has a shot at being five for five? I think we both are kind of hoping for best actor. Yeah, very much. Well, not just hoping. It, it seems if they follow this, I mean, you, we say follow the same logic as if they're a monolith, which they're not. But um, no. I I don't know. That's just a good looking lineup, if you ask me. And like. It's one of those things where 
it's come up now and then that like, you know, obviously individual taste may vary, but I feel like the past decade or so has been like pretty wonky for best actor winners. That's a lineup where I wouldn't be mad at a single one of them winning. Agreed. And I think uh, Uller's unlikely to miss actress. Agreed. So that messes up that one. I I don't think Melton and Ruffalo miss supporting actor. Agreed. I could see one. And um, supporting actress, I guess, is the other one. But like, I could see more missing, but I don't know that it'll be Cruz. So yeah, I, I, I'm on. I'm on with actor also. Um, Matthew says um, for historical context, 2021, 20 slash 21, and 21 had lead actor go five for five for nominations, and 22 was five for five in supporting actress. It doesn't really happen. This is sort of what I was asking you to look for a little bit um, for the additional numbers, but we kind of have that that set up. Um, other thing that we can bring up, because you mentioned the stunt thing, Kaithley208 says, if best scene, best movie poster, best trailer, and best stunts were Oscar categories, who could you see being nominees this year? So for stunts, obviously, I would say uh, John Wick is in. Yep. Um, going by how SAG went, uh, Barbie, I guess, would be in. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, like, there's stunty stuff in it, but, like, are we just looking at the scene where Michael Sarah beats up a couple of men? Because that's good. I guess. But like, and, like, well, the fight, and the I guess, war, the fight, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, Maestro. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm sorry, not Maestro. Um, uh, Mission Impossible yeah. would be the other one. Um, there's other stuff that I'm just not thinking of at the moment. Um, best scene. I mean, I wrote a whole thing that just went up on, on scenes that made me cry this year. So those are some of the best scenes, but I don't know that they're the best scene. I mean, I guess the, the test in Oppenheimer would be there, right? Well, either the test or the gymnasium speech. Honestly, that would be my pick. Yeah. Um, the, the woman speech in Barbie. Possibly would be that sure. or the Ken fight. Sure. Um, Seems something like the holdovers doesn't necessarily have a scene, just a, a vibe in the movie. Um, um, I would maybe. I mean, you could, I mean, if well, no, never mind. <laughs> it, gonna, exactly. It's it. Yeah. What are you gonna, which one were you thinking of? I, I'm thinking of like the boat chase in Godzilla, but that's the longest of long shots. <laughs> yeah, it would be such a separate category. But yeah, I get what you mean. Um, was there was there a poster this year that was really good? I have, I don't pay enough attention to them anymore. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of like just floating heads or profiles. Well, we know the things. bad ones is the problem. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good one. I guess the holdovers feels like a poster from a movie in the seventies. Sure. Somewhat. I but... like that. And then, uh, trailers. Oh, I, I think oh the holdovers... no. I'll, I'll tell you best poster is uh, anatomy of a fall. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's a good. Outline. Um, yeah, I will say that, um, Holdovers had a good trailer too in the old school vibe, but um, I think my pick would be the Iron Claw. That was a good one, and I think it's probably done a lot to help that movie. Like people like went and watched it, so um, I like it. Um, all right, we have um, well, Samuel asked the movies Barbie and Whiplash get lots of original screenplay nominations, but campaigned adapted at the Oscars. Which category do these screenplays belong in? We already addressed that. Whiplash was based on a short, so I, I don't know how you can argue that one. That was just a weird situation. Um, who should have been nominated for lead actress at last year's Oscars from these 10? Whittle these down to five. All right. Michelle Yao. I, I guess tell me when you don't know the movie. Wait, so, sorry. Sorry, ask the question again. Last year's best actress lineup. Yeah. Make make five out of these 10. Your, your five out of these 10. Okay. Michelle Yao. If you don't know the movie, tell me, but I assume you'll know most of them. Yeah. Um, I assume that's one for you. Yep. <laughs> Kate Blanchett. 
Okay. Michelle Williams. Okay. Andrea Riseborough. Okay. Anna DeArmas. Okay. Danielle Deadweiler. Okay. Viola Davis. Okay. Margot Robbie. Okay. Olivia Coleman. Emma Thompson. Uh, Margot Robbie is for... Babylon. Babylon. Thank you. And um, I, I thought the Suicide Squad, but I knew that couldn't be right. No. And then um, um, it's Olivia Coleman for... Empire of Light. Thank you. And what was the last one? Emma Thompson. It's good luck to you, Leo Grand. Oh, I was thinking Matilda. No. Um, I would say Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Williams. Kate Blanchett, probably. Oh, I guess most people would do Blanchett. You don't have to, but it's who who should have been for you? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have. I, I think she's great. That's in fine. It, but I just didn't connect with that movie. Um, I'll find some other ones. So I'd say, yeah, Yo Williams. Uh, I would say Viola Davis for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I might put Olivia Coleman in there. All right. You got one more. And then, yeah, I'll give it to Blanchett because I don't feel strongly okay. enough about the rest. Uh, Yo Williams. I guess Blanchett. Um Margot Robbie, and then Anna de Armas. The movie's not great, but I think she is very good in that movie. Oh, actually, you know what? Swap out uh, Blanchett for Margot Robbie. She kind of steals the show in that one. Anna de Armas, okay. I can't speak to. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's... I don't think you would get very far with that one anyway. Um, and then finally, um, Ryan McDermott's annual um, films close together on my 100 films to look forward to list from the last two years. Great. And that can lead into the Joey's January. Um, number 89. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Or number 87, Cocaine Bear. Uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, by a wide margin. Um, cocaine Bear. I have to rewatch Margaret. I know everyone. I didn't see the I didn't get what everyone loved about it, but I also watched it on a plane. Terrible way to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like Cocaine Bear a lot. Uh, 70s. <laughs> hey, two movies you haven't seen, so you get to play your version of the game. Yay. Um, 77 Infinity Pool or 76 The Color Purple? Um, well, if you'd asked me like last year, I'd say Infinity Pool I was more likely to see. But truthfully, I'll probably get around to Color Purple first. So I guess I that. At this point. <laughs> yeah, you spent a year not watching Infinity Pool. I, yeah, um, I, I might. Almost exactly, circ- by the way. I might circle back to it for like next year's October or something. I don't, it just might as well. Something about it just does not appeal to me. And it's not that I I'm against it. it. It just it doesn't have that hook for me where I'm like, ooh, I yeah. gotta check this out. Oh, it's so like just slipped into the best horror of the year just because I didn't really have another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I would I would watch it again more likely than The Color Purple, but very indifferent to both of them. Uh, 65 Priscilla or 63 Rustin? I uh, didn't see Priscilla, but I quite liked Rustin. Um, I liked Rustin a lot too, and I didn't love Priscilla. Um, we're going to disagree on this one. 42, the Super Mario Brothers movie or 41, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? Um, I guess Mario. I'm a, I'm I guess Ant-Man. Mario, but I'm. It's not an enthusiastic. <laughs> I didn't love Ant Man. I thought it was fine. I I didn't like Mario. I don't know what I wanted, but it wasn't that. Um, wow. <laughs> twenty Guardians. So remember, they're going up the whole time. Sure. Um. So uh, twenty Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Mm-hmm. Or number nineteen, no hard feelings. Why did I think no hard feelings is number nineteen? I did like the movie a lot, but wow, <laughs> goodness gracious! Uh, well, Guardians all the way, not even close. I like both, but Guardians, yeah. Um, some of these I'm doing well with, but uh, you know, some of them are like, wow. Um, Sixteen, the killer, 
or 15 air uh air all the way i wish i liked the killer more than i did yeah i mean i love the killer but i love air a lot more so air uh number 10 barbie both by the way killer and air made my top 10 so that was cool uh barbie my number one of the year at number 10 or number nine saw x uh i do quite like saw x but it's got to be barbie exactly um whoops number six indiana jones and the dial of destiny or number five mission impossible dead reckoning part one oh the The franchise is two big losers of july yeah it's mission impossible though right it is a thousand percent mission impossible indies okay at best Uh, but then at best is doing a lot of heavy lifting there but fine yeah i wish i knew what my seven and eight were that they're not on this list they must not be interesting um i guess i should look that up while we're doing this but my it's four versus three now the iron claw or maestro um i would say maestro but i quite like both of them i'm on iron claw because it made my top 10 but i maestro didn't miss by much and then my number two is killers of the flower moon which came in at number five this year Mm -hmm. iron claw was three I, I, Air, by the way, back was four and the killer was 10. Or Oppenheimer, my number two, which was my most anticipated of the year. And I know what you're going to pick. Uh, between Killers and Oppenheimer, it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. It's been my number one Same. of the films, uh, been my number one of the year since I saw it. Well, you haven't seen my number eight, but number seven was Poor Things, so you'd be happy with that. Nice. My number eight was a good a good person. A lot of my top 10 lists was anticipated this year. Did not realize that. Well, there you go. Interesting. My number 11, Dune Part 2, which shows up again this year. Mm-hmm. Did it stay at number 11? No, it moved up to 8. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Cool. Uh, let's uh, let's do uh, what you watch for Joey's January. Yes. So uh, I caught up on a couple of things. Oh, fucking. Hold that And he's thought. mad about it, too. Hold that thought. I just I pulled my phone and it was plugged in and I spilled water everywhere. That's not good. Don't do that. Okay. Well, while Steve's I... not here, you don't have to play it, Steve. God. Uh, hold on one sec. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's great. We love it. Is this, He's so excited is this to talk about riveting content. No, I forgot my phone was plugged in and I pulled it over and knocked my water over. Listen, it's okay. You'll like what your reward is after this anyway. Uh, I better. Oh, you will. I consider it. Um, a pretty uh, good thing on my part. Not like good, but like a show of like, um, it's late. I forget the word. Uh, self-control. That I didn't tell you this already. So All you'll right. like it. All right. All right. Sorry, just mopping up before it get, gets on like my computer and shit. So if you hear a sizzle and an a electrical sound. And then I'm not here anymore. You'll know that was what yeah. happened. He went out doing what he loves, talking about Kevin Smith. We didn't quite get there, folks. I'm sorry. No. Oh. Um, and I was thirsty, too. God damn it. <laughs> it yeah, I'm, I have, like, the tiniest amount of iced tea left in my glass, and I drink out of, like, what kind of looks like a highball glass. Mm-hmm. I just like the I just like the way iced tea looks, and it looks like I'm drinking, but it has that little bit that it looks like in a movie where you're handed, a, a, like, like, scotch or something like that. Sure. Like, I had my background uh, movie was, was Dragon Tattoo, like I said. When he has him, uh, like hoisted up in that torture thing but he hands him a drink yeah yeah i have the exact same amount of my glass right now that's funny yeah all right all right i'm back uh crisis averted yes all right so um yes so i think last week it was just copland and the rainmaker 
That was the beginnings. Yes. yes. Good start. So um, after that, I did a double dose of uh, classic Scorsese. Well, classic mm-hmm. may not be the right word, but 80 Scorsese. Yes. Um, I started with After Hours, which I have owned probably since high school, but have never gotten around to watching. Yeah, that was way more about you not having seen it than me being like, I love it. I was like, how have you not watched this movie? Um, if I had seen it like in college or so, it might be one of my favorite movies as is it's like, it would probably crack my Scorsese top 10. Uh, I really liked it. I, it's probably my favorite that I've watched for Joey's January so far. Nice. Um, Nice. The only, it's not a, it's not a downside to the movie, but the interesting quirk is it is the rare movie that could never exist anymore. Oh yeah. No, I mean, yes and no. It's a five minute film. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of elements to it that you see replicated in sort of modern films that sort of like one crazy night or sort of the way things spiral out. But I don't know. It's just an absolute banger. It's very funny. It's got a great cast. Uh, It's got some gorgeous visuals. Howard Shore's two for two in terms of scores this month. Um, I don't know. Just everything about it kind of worked for me. The ending is almost one of those things where it's like, it's it's not like an anti-ending, but it's just kind of it's very much a the movie just stops sort of thing. But yeah. after everything the guy has been through, it's almost a relief. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and it's what also one of those things where because the reasons that, you know, it's a guy who's sort of, you know, having a crazy night out on the town and his initial some of his initial stuff could definitely have been painted in a kind of like, ooh that's pretty unflattering or oh, that's pretty gross by today's standards or even then. But I think. Totally. It's a credit to Griffin Dunn being a very likable screen presence, and it's a credit to the writing that it never, like, some of his motivations could have felt gross, or like just the way he treats people, but it kind of, there's a good balance to it, I think, but it's also very scrappy and very sort of edge of your seat. I don't know, it's... It's fun seeing Scorsese sort of let rip with what feels like his most outright comedy. Yeah. Um, so very much enjoyed that one. Oh, yeah. No, it's aside from the fact that cell phones and technology have made the movie impossible. That. It's, it, it, is a, it is a very good time and it is very weird. And it is, it is one of the big Scorsese outliers. So I think anyone who hasn't seen it, it's such a great thing to put in because it's one of the few things where I think you might not know he made it unless someone told you. Totally. And there's plenty of Scorsese-isms in it. Oh, yeah. And just in terms of the filmmaking. But yeah, it's got a it's got a unique vibe all in its own. But I very much enjoyed that. Definitely. And then, uh, ironically, I followed that up with The King of Comedy, which I would not describe as a comedy. No. Um, it's damn, a, is it good? It's a very good sort of like character study that makes your skin crawl. Yeah. Um, it's very much the movie that Joker wishes it was in oh yes. in more than just subject matter, but just the vibe you immediately see like, oh, the difference here is that, you know, De Niro's like a weirdo and he's hyper delusional, but he's still like a human being who can like exist in society. Whereas like the guy from Joker is like, how does he put his shoes on every day? He's that level yeah. of crazy. Yeah. And 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 Jerry Lewis. There's there is a Jerry playing Lewis it very addendum. straight. Yeah, it makes you like like him more <laughs> almost because like, you know, not amazing person it sounded like, but like, you know, did good things for charity and whatnot, but whatever. But yeah, like did such a good 
good job on this. It, did, it, did it do a good enough job that you're going to watch The Day the Clown Cried now that it's coming out in a year or so? A year or so? I mean, I will definitely keep an eye out for it. I don't know if I'll watch it, but I'm curious. You could double feature it with The Zone of Interest. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> but no, very, very good. I don't know that it would crack my top 10 of Scorsese per se, but it would definitely crack my top five of De Niro performances. It's, oh, yeah. it's among his best work, and that's saying something in his body of work. He is so compelling. It's not likable per se, but you're with the character throughout. He never does anything where you're like, I can't follow you anymore. It's, But at the same time, it's it's that cringe factor of like, oh, he just doesn't get it. Like, it's just not registering. And he's just- Oh, yes. He never gets it. He's, he's too hung up on his version of events and how he imagines things. And it's just that kind of depressing thing of like, which I feel like is very relevant today still, that thing of a guy who like, he wants to be famous and he's more interested in like being on talk shows and chatting with other famous people than he is with like actually being any good at his craft or even working well, that's what on makes, his craft. He essentially wants to be a night a, a late night host. Totally. But he's not doing like when they ask him to like, you know, oh, well, why don't you go out and, you know, do some shows and we'll come and watch you. And, and he like he doesn't like the idea of starting at that much of the bottom. He's like, I, no, I he doesn't want to be he a thinks he deserves he wants the to be like a famous comic. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and he like and he like does the opening for himself where he's like, this guy is going to be, you know, the talk of the town. It's like it's, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy that he tries to create. And I think. Does it- what one of the genius things about the way Scorsese portrays everything is that there's plenty of scenes that are real versus delusion, and yep. th- there's a handful of moments where the movie kind of plays fast and loose with which one you're watching. Like one of the best examples is when he goes to Jerry Lewis's house and the way it's set up and you initially think, oh, this might be a fantasy thing because there's no way that he would just show up. But then the further into it you get is like, oh, no, he did just straight up show up (laughs) because he in his mind, he had that conversation with Jerry Lewis earlier about like, oh, you should come by sometime. It's like, oh, the guys is like that never happened. Get out of here. (laughs) Does it make you even more annoyed at Joker for having Robert De Niro in the movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a fine inclusion. Like if it was a better movie, it would be a very fun inclusion. As yeah. is, it just it, it's. I, I think I even said it in my uh, review. You know, this movie ran so that Joker could crawl. Like it's very just, much so. It's, it's lapping up at the leftovers of Taxi Driver. I think more aesthetically similar, but in terms yes. of raw content, it's just it's trying so hard to be this, and it's just not there. Yep, Todd Phillips watched. Todd Phillips heard about those two movies and then went and made Joker. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, you know, but yeah, this very good stuff. So we're we're on a roll. But mm-hmm. uh, so wait, how's Kelly feeling about these so far? Um, she missed Rainmaker and After Hours uh, and she was kind of sleeping through some of Copland, but she liked King of Comedy a lot. OK, so so far this isn't as torturous as she thought it would be. Well, mainly because she's missing a lot of it. <laughs> That's true. Well, that we always we also knew that was going to happen. I, I do actually want to rewatch After Hours with her because I do think she yeah. get a lot out of that. Also, not for nothing, Kevin McAllister's parents meet in that movie. Yeah, there you go. Um, but all good things must come to an end. And uh, movie number five, the only Kevin Smith inclusion this month, which may be for the best. Uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. I do find it interesting that ultimately your one Kevin Smith is the equivalent of like your one Wes Anderson being like the Darjeeling Limited. Like, sure. Oh, no. Like I know very, it's not indicative of his best. 
No, it's interesting that you got the one where even he was like, look, listen, I like this movie. And I think it. We, we'll talk about it for a minute. But like, I, I think even he was like, oh, I got to do something else. Because like the the movie essentially is kind of doing the like how clerks got made of like a guy yeah, at a store. And, and, and I needs will an say, because I didn't like it at all. I didn't think no, it was I didn't funny. I didn't think pretty much anything about it was good. Justin Long was kind of funny for a minute before his character got stale. Um, but I, if I had to say something nice about it, I would say Please that <laughs> the elements in it of like, we're just a couple of friends getting together and making a movie. There's not yeah. enough of it, but there is a certain fun there. It's it's so little of the movie, and the actual porn making looks fucking awful, and like not anything. Well, but no like, movie's ever gonna really no no mainstream movie will ever make a like actual interesting porn. It's I, it's I a constant beg your pardon in a world where Boogie Nights exists. Boogie Nights is not a mainstream movie. It I mean, made it made I money, mean, but that's not a mainstream. That's an art film of the of the of the era. Maybe, um, but okay, fine. Well, I mean, I could. I was thinking of other things. Like, do you? I, you probably never saw it, but do you remember the Amateurs? It was a Jeff Bridges movie. I'm aware of a it, bunch yeah. of yeah. Like it's it's the same thing. Like it's such an interesting. Like every filmmaker thinks they're gonna make. The reason you make that type of story is because someone with money will be like, yes. The joke about this movie was, um, Kevin Smith, um, telling. The Weinstein's when it was at uh, it was Weinstein Company at the time. I don't think it was Miramax yeah. anymore. Um, my next movie is gonna be Zach and Mary make a porno. They went, "You're okay, cool, go make it." They were like, "You don't want to know what it's about?" They're like, "No, it's in the title." Why? What's it about? He's <laughs> what, like, "What plot no, description it. do you need?" Well, the funny part is he fucked with them because he's like, "No, it's a meditation on the Holocaust." And they looked at him and he was like, "No, no, it's it's actually about what you think it is." But like, I'm almost offended that you were so quick to say yes. Like, make me fight for this a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it was. I will say to your thing as not a fan of the filmmaker, this is a this is a point where the filmmaker is getting bored with his 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 particular style. So what comes afterwards does change. Sure, I like what but he, I've seen like some what of what, what comes afterwards, and I don't know that it changes for the better. <laughs> uh, different. I mean, it is interesting that the two other ones you plan to watch, Chasing Amy and Clerks, are the are the ones that are. Um, I won't say universally praised because there are people who didn't like it at the time, but like the the yeses are far outweighing the noes. Like I think they're both in the 80s or 90s on, on RT and everything else is basically in the 60s or occasionally rotten. Yeah, I and I don't know from what I've seen of the other ones, like I'll probably get around to them eventually, but I just don't yeah. know that they would be for me just because I think the fundamental style of humor in the same way that you just can't get on board with Wes Anderson stuff. It's That's what just, I say, or there's, you know, or like there are times where I, and you don't even be a better example than maybe Darjeeling. Cause like, that's a movie people don't like. Um, it would be like if you hadn't seen fight club or seven or social network or Zodiac and you watch the killer. I feel like it's more you, like you'd if be I like, watch the game. Something fair. You'd be like, I don't really know why you love him. Yeah. You're like, well, this maybe isn't the best example, but I think he's doing the things that I like in it. But yeah, I get you. Um, yeah. so definitely a stylistic palate cleanser from what you were starting with. I would say so. And it's, you know, it's I, like, I don't hate it. I'm not like, like, it's not a red state situation where I'm like, I'm miserable watching this. It's more just, this should be funnier than it is, but it's got a certain try hard trying too hard to be gross and offensive and it just 
I, I don't know. It, it bounces off me. But he has I think he's harder on it than he should be. Maybe you don't agree at this point, but he's talked about like how, you know, he made a specific type of movie and it had its, you know, fans and did and made what it made. And then and then Apatow makes 40 year old virgin knocked up and they make a ton of money. And he's like, well, I should just make make it a little more like him. And I mean, it made a little arguably more those are to. both significantly better movies. So I don't I think disagree. they're I think they're be- I think they're better movies. But I think the I think he moved towards a little more of a generic version of his stuff, which Apatow basically, you know, Apatow to some degree doesn't exist without Clerks. There's a whole range of filmmakers like that. But I think when you double back into like the people who are influenced by you when you start to make the stuff yeah. that they, it, it rarely works as well. Now, I, I, again, I like the movie. I think it's perfectly charming as like a, just a fun movie. But am I am I watching it with the, with the, the vim and vigor of a Clerks or a Chasing Amy? No, not at all. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so next up, a movie I liked better but still didn't love, uh, Real Genius. You're a monster. Uh, it's fine. It's not, it's not bad at all. The, the, here's my thing with Real Genius. Because I, for the longest time, I realize I confused this movie with The Wiz. Not The <laughs> Wiz. Um, um, what's the fucking uh, uh, Weird Science movie? Weird, oh, no. Weird uh, Science, the, but also the No, Power the Power Glove, Glove movie. movie is... Um, is um it's not the whiz it's is it is it the wizard the wizard yeah for, for some reason in my mind all three of these movies are the same movie and i didn't know anything about any of them um i i know more now than i did then but i think it's fine it's it's a very slobs versus snobs college movie and it's fine for that i don't really like that kind of movie uh That's so i don't have much to say about it but the big thing for me with this one is at the center of it, you got Val Kilmer, who is fucking phenomenal. Thank like, you. At the very least. Yeah, he is yeah, amazing. Like, it might a be his best performance. Top tier comedic performance. Like you look at stuff like this and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and some other things. And it's just like, like he's done plenty of great work, but he was at his peak when he was doing like full on comedy. And I don't think this movie always gives him chances to do that but there are a handful of really good scenes that just let him sort of go loose and he absolutely crushes it and i think for me what sort of holds this film back is that nothing else in the film is on his level you know you well got I, I think Atherton it's almost impossible he, the prick version that he always plays you got a bunch of other actors that have never been in anything else the it's the fine. him versus the prick i think is a good mix because he gets to be he gets there's a re, it feels like it makes sense that he would still be the witty guy because the prick is being a prick back to him so that's how they communicate. Totally. But yeah, no, I think I think him he's so good that yes, the 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 kid genius who he takes under his wing is fine. Yeah. And he, he's an audience surrogate, but he has he doesn't have a he doesn't have a thing that makes him interesting. You know, the other people have a thing. Yeah. You know, like, I think I think there's a lot of, like, again, it's a movie I've seen a million times, but I think, you know, everyone else has a quirk as opposed to I'm just smart and don't know where I am. Like, mm-hmm. even like, you know, Kent, you know, the other villain. Yeah, he's you know, not has bad. a thing. I mean, the thing they do to him is, Kent, this is Jesus. Uh, I, I do love the, and Kent, stop playing with yourself. It is Jesus. <laughs> uh, there's a lot, of, I... I can quote the movie. I, I will tell you I own the bunny slippers and have a shirt that he wears in the movie. Um, uh, Val Kilmer, the Fraternal Order of Gorillas. That oh, yellow sure. shirt. I have it. I do love the scene with the with the slippers when he compliments the dean. Yeah, that's and you look good. down. Yeah, there's a lot of li- there's a lot of little things that work really well. But yeah. the highlight is obviously 
um, Chris, the Val Kilmer character. Yeah. Um, with almost anyone, the, the, the girl at the, at the, at, uh, Atherton's house. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. Is there anything that's I a fun little, <laughs> is there anything I can do for you or more to the point to you? Was it, can you, can you, can you hammer a nail? Can you hammer a six inch spike with your penis? Not yet. Girls got to have standards. And just the way he reacts, I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> I've, I've been bested. <laughs> Good luck to you. Um, or the, uh, any of the the like quick asides like he's so fast in the movie yeah no and it's stuff like that that is just i wish more of the movie was that wait because then you're like wait there's the militaries in this movie now well and that's just it it's such a high stakes it's plot for how like laissez-faire they are about it like yeah i don't know it's it's like again not bad i think it's totally fine but it didn't maybe it's got that one bright shining star in the yeah. middle that's so bright it's tough for anything else to really compete with it. Other highlight for me, Laszlo in the closet. Oh yeah, that's a fun little gag. Although and how even that, that kind of funny. See, I think that kind of wears out its welcome over time. I th- I like the ending of just like, oh wait, he figured out the math that it worked out for him. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's a it's a charming little little film. It's a, if you have if you've seen it and you like it, it's an easy one to revisit. But I think it's a hard one to have like any issues with. Yeah, and I don't have big like you know. I think the like I like the popcorn conclusion, but I think there's yeah. the whole thing of oh he's got the dean and he's got this guy from the government, but then they basically disappear and nothing really happens from that that we see. Oh. And again, it's it's so eighties. The stakes are yeah. high and low at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's, it's so yeah, I, not a problem with it. But I I think it's very much a case of if I had seen this growing up, I might have more fondness for it, but. Yeah. Watching it now as a cynical 34-year-old, I mainly hone in on the Kilmer performance and not much else. That's fair. Uh, Next up. Oh, next up was a big winner uh, and one that I kind of went in almost knowing that I was going to like, but still glad to be proven right. Um, Le Samurai. Oh yeah, I well, listen. This was the safest bet of the of the month. Yeah, but still could be, could be. Um, yeah, it's a fucking banger. It's so good. It's the coolest movie ever made. Maybe it's 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 up there. Um, it's I mean I hate to say it, but it's what I wanted the killer to be in some regards. Oh, there's there's no way that the that the, the killer doesn't exist influence. without this. Yeah. It oh yeah, like the way. the way he looks, the way he walks. It's very it's very much. Um, that movie um and even some of the 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 ideas like i i get, granted i have not seen the movie in a long time but the um the escape in in the samurai mm. kind of like doesn't he get he gets arrested right and he escapes from like the the lineup kind of situation well not escapes uh, but he's able to sort of he's built up his Blended. alibi to the point exactly where... like it's very much the idea of of fastbender being like i'm no one yeah. I'm, I'm particularly no one in this. No, I, speaking, I speaking of being effortlessly cool, the way he's just like cool as a cucumber the entire time when he's like when the guy like kind of obviously knows that it's him, but like can't like definitively prove it. Yeah. And just like he's like, OK, cool. Can I go? All right. Cool. <laughs> just like hanging out like, like looking suspicious as hell. Doesn't give a fuck. Like and I don't love stuff. Melville as a filmmaker. Like I couldn't tell you that like. I'm going to go wild about some of the other stuff, but this is his best film to me. I don't, and it's, I would have to check. I don't know that I'm familiar with much else that he's done. Um, Army of Shadows, I know, is one of the big ones. Um, what, I'm trying to think what else he was. Uh, he would also be known for, hang on, because it's, you know, it's French New Wave, so it's of yeah. that era. 
I'm trying to think of Which, what one you. I like some seen. stuff from that era. I need to see more, but yeah, it's it's. I th- this is this is the one. Th- this this for me clearly. is very like, oh, this is like scratching that sort of like pulpy sort of no- pseudo noir sort of like you know the crime thriller kind of itch. Like it's also by the way an hour and forty five minutes. Oh yeah, and it breezes by, and it's very it's one of those things where it's slow, but it's so methodical and so like purposeful that it feels like it's moving like it's got a really great like pace to it and really great rhythm to it yeah this is this is this this is the the big international one i wanted you to check off the list that in the battle of algiers but that's gonna work very differently i think yeah well and that's closing out the month we've already planned yeah nice. um so yes big big winner in that regard um oh, so good and what's next? Next up, we uh, mixed it up a little bit. Um, Hearts Beat Loud, which was a more recent film, more recent edition, yeah. um, which I thought was very charming. Um, yeah. It's not amazing. It's For a lot of it, it's hitting some very formulaic beats. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the conclusion that it gets to is one that, like, the emotions feel earned, and they've kind of, they've laid the groundwork for it to be a really sort of you feel good, but there's a, a lot of melancholy. There's a lot of bittersweetness to it. Uh, it's a vibes movie. Yes, it's very much a vibes movie. I think a, a big asset is that Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens are really, really good and really good together. Yep. And they have a really believable dynamic that doesn't feel as cliched as, for example, the dynamic with Ted Danson, who's like clearly just well, cruising in for an easy paycheck. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that. So. It's interesting you watch this before the hero because this is the follow up to the hero. Oh, is and it the same uh, filmmaker? Yes, it's it's oh. Brett Haley. So I knew about this movie while I was doing the the Q and A's for the hero. He was talking about getting ready to make his musical. He was very excited that Ted Danson was going to be behind a bar again, <laughs> and that was a, that was a big <laughs> oh, deal I didn't for even him. think about that. But yeah, I mean, it's you know he's the friend character who shows up every four or five scenes yeah. to sort of have so, some advice. <laughs> interesting quirk to that: the role was written for Sam Elliott. Because Sam Elliott up to that point had been in oh, um, sure. the um, I'll See You in My Dreams, the hero. Um, so he was meant to be in it. And he actually asked Brett. I think he had I think he had asked. He didn't say he was passing. He asked if he was be OK if I passed. I have an opportunity to go make something else. And he said, of course, I can't stop you. And that was A Star is Born. Well, that was the right call on Sam Elliott's part for a variety well, was, of reasons. It worked out really well because, you know, I, I was a big voice in trying to get Sam nominated for the hero. You'll see how you feel about that soon. Um, and um, like a year later, it works out. So I like to pretend like 1% of that is is the, the fight I, I earnestly made the year before. But, you know, Brett Haley, I, I wouldn't say he's like a stylistic filmmaker, but like knows how to tell a, a warm story very well. I, I would I described it as like one of the better films that John Carney never made. <laughs> it's got oh, that, it's, it's it's very got that same that. vibe. I will say yeah. crucially for a film like this that's so about the music, the music is very good. Yes, there I would say the um, Hearts Beat Loud, um, A Million Miles or whatever the hell that one's called. And um the I forget what the the last song is, but I got the one with the with the Caribbean uh, drums. Those are the three main ones, and they're great. Okay. Well, maybe I, I I'll think investigate more. Well, hang on. No, no, these are the the songs in the movie you just watched. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about other Brett Haley movies. No, this is the only one that really is music centric. I mean, there's an original song in both of those other ones. Keegan DeWitt, the guy who does the music in these mm-hmm. movies. Um, there is a credit song called The Hero that I think is really good. And um, I guess you haven't seen I'll See, I'll see You in My Dreams. But um, um, Blythe Vanner gets sung a song by... Um, Oh fuck! What's the what's the guy from Silicon Valley with the dicks? Not not Kumail. Uh, Martin um, Starr. Martin Starr. Martin Starr and her have like a May December romance in that movie. Oh okay. But the um yeah no the hearts beat loud the I, the soundtrack I I love the soundtrack I'm I'm so hearts beat loud everything must go is yeah. the last song when they like close up the shop and blink is I think the song he, she sings to her girlfriend like the love song yeah that's a really nice miles. Uh, little, yeah those three uh, are romance great. too yeah yeah. Oh yeah, and and Sasha Lane from um, um, uh, the Andrea Andrea Arnold movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know tank? the one I'm thinking of. No, no, no. It's or, the it's um, the one with. Um, I just watched it too. Um, they're on the road trip. They're oh, they're selling is it shit American with Honey? Um, American Honey. I want to say like Honey Boy because like I thought Different of the right Shia actor. Different Shia LaBeouf movie. Yeah, American Honey is a good movie. It's a long movie is the problem That's I've I re- heard both of those things. <laughs> it's 245. Oof, um, no, thanks. I remember, though, at the press screening, because it's a regular like um, screening room. They were like, we have snacks before the screening. Like, we're aware it's a, a big ask, but we'll give you some snacks so you can settle in. Love that movie. But yeah, I'm glad you like this one. This one was going to be a question mark. I think it, there was a chance it could have bounced off you. Totally. Well, and so to round out my uh, catch ups for um, this episode. Um, because the ones I've liked so far are kind of the ones where I had a pretty good feeling I would like going in, yeah. like Copland and the Scorseses and Le Samurai. It's very, like, right. this plays to my tastes in a good way. I also knew this was how you would be able to do it. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it helps. Um, yeah. Last night's movie was actually the first one where I had no idea what I would think going in, but was a very, very pleasant surprise, uh, was Turner and Hooch. Oh, I what a child childhood favorite of mine. I, I would have one of my mom's definitely. favorite movies. Oh, I, I can see why. If I'd seen it as a kid, it would probably be one of my favorites. It's because I could totally see myself being into it in the same way that I'm into like dog movies like The Sandlot, for example. Yeah. Like which it, good. No, go ahead. I was going to say, by the way, massive failure. This movie critically, commercially. Nobody liked this movie initially. Tom uh, Hanks has talked about it as like pretty well. It, it was it, it was one of those like low end things where it's like sure. people were watching this, but it's not good. And it wasn't like the big it was. I think the I think canine might have been the more successful dog movie all that stuff. But like he talks about it as like one of those ones where like, you know, sometimes you learn more with a failure than with a success. You know, um, they replaced the director. Well, it was, it was be initial, Henry Winkler. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't they couldn't jive for whatever reason. Did you see who the director was? Roger Spottiswood, which shocked me because he's made one of my favorite Bond films. (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, when you think about that, he made a movie that you're like, wait, (laughs) I like that one. Uh, Oh, this movie. Have you ever seen someone have better chemistry with an animal? (laughs) It's man. It's it's like it cannot be overstated how much just a really good dog can do for a movie. And Hooch is an A plus movie dog. Oh, yeah. um, and and yeah, it's just, Tom Hanks is listen. I mean, I'm sorry that Tom Hanks thinks of it as a failure because I think he's really good in it. Like, it's a great it's comedic performance. Maybe my favorite comedic performance of his. It, he's so funny in it, but also like 
towards the end, he has to get a bit more dramatic and even emotional in one big moment. And he's absolutely selling it in the same way he would like a castaway or what have you. Um, And it's just, I don't know. It's got that 80s cop movie, like fun vibe to it. Like it's got the the point of his partner. Makes it much sense. Oh my God. The partner, which is, you know, not the best use of Reginald Vell Johnson, but he's, he's in it. Um, but he's he's every cop partner in the 80s. He just there's a, there's a contract. He's got to be there. Well, I like the idea. I mean, I don't know what their actual ages were, but I like the idea that Tom Hanks is like showing him the ropes, despite the fact that he looks about 15 to 20 years yeah. older than him. <laughs> Such a quotable movie. I have I always uh, when anything comes up with money, I'd say to my dog, yeah, find me some money, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, God, the whole bit of him like being at the grocery store, getting all the stuff while Hooch is just tearing ass through his apartment. Yeah. Or his and his house. reaction to the store. 97, I, I remember Which, the amount of God. money. 97.51? Well, did, yeah. did I buy smoked salmon? <laughs> What if I put this back? <laughs> no, it's, oh my God. Just like, I was not expecting it to be as, like the bit where I knew the movie had me was um, when he first um, takes Hooch home with him. And the only way he can do it is like walking him out the side of the car yes. with like the, uh, with like the the stick or whatever. Or when uh, he leaves him in the car. Yep. Yep. And he comes back. Just, Don't, oh my God. You're eating the car. Don't eat the car. But then the rea- they have the added of, what am I yelling at you for? You're a dog. Oh, whatever. This car is going to be theirs in a week anyway. Here, eat an ashtray. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, there's another line to everything. Like I love when he's, when he's, when he's yelling at him, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? Make you a margarita? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just, I wish it was hailing. You're out. No. I wish it was oh rain. yeah. I will. No. Please I God, it make hailing. it hail. <laughs> hail the size of cantaloupe. Or when you hear the sound, oh, I'm running out of doors. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I, I had a really, really she, good time with it. She cannot spend the night. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's fantastic. And look who's in the movie, by the way, when you, when you realize like as it goes on, you're like, oh, I know you too. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's Craig T. Nelson. Oh, it, <laughs> you know. And then it's like, oh, the bad guy might be someone else. It's like, okay, well, who's in the movie and hasn't done anything? Oh, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, also turns out Hooch, good cop. Very good cop. He, I mean, listen, it works as a cop movie, which the, the this kind of thing very good. would often not. Oh, the stakeout scene is fantastic. Yeah. And just he's just, like trying the dog food and the slobber. And yeah, he's just talking to him, trying to figure him out like you would a co- like a partner. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or like, yeah, how do I explain it? I need you to cover the back, the back, the back, the back door. He's trying to give him like actual instructions when it gets serious. But then he fucking, he delivers. Like yeah. he's a good partner. Like it's not, yeah, I it's didn't not do just it. played as a gimmick. No, I didn't do it. Hooch says you did. <laughs> um, oh, or like when he has to become like a better cop because he's kind of like a, he's indifferent. He's going to get a, a better job. Like this, this job sucks. Mm-hmm. The hotel scene where he's like, well, I'm gonna have to shoot you because I'm not really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> even, even like the serious moments, there is a bit of the, just like, this is shockingly well written. Yeah. It's like, Fifth- it's like, I, I, I had a feeling you aren't going to take me very seriously. So I'm just going to shoot you in the leg. <laughs> yeah. It's great. 50% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's, That's wild to me. I do not understand it. It's, it feels like one of those movies that like surely it's been like, I know like The Burbs has been sort of reappraised over time, but I feel like this must have been because I've I've always known this movie existed. Like I always had heard about it and just for whatever reason never got around to it. But God damn, it's so I think at so the time, good. my guess is because there were so many things like this, it didn't distinguish itself. Maybe. But I don't know. I, the I, dog partner doesn't distinguish it enough. <laughs> well, there was canine, and um, there was at least one other one. But no, this is the. Uh, I I will uh, I will go to bat for this. This is a 
Whenever I get around to doing like a Tom Hanks list, this is one of his best performances. I, I, I can't, I can't, I, would put it I can't argue there. it. I would absolutely put it up there. It's, it's the thing that like, if I ever have a conversation with him, you know, my thing is usually bringing up something that they don't expect. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this one. Totally. Um, oh, I, 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 I almost regret not meant, I think I probably mentioned it very briefly when I, when I would talk to, um, his wife, um, why am I spacing uh, on her name? Rita. Rita Wilson. Yeah. Cause like, I think I've told you that story. Like the first time I interviewed her for the, for the song for, um, the outpost, like right. was very cognitive of like, don't, don't talk. She, that, that's not fair to her. It's not nice. I, if you were in that position, you'd feel bad. Right. Yeah. If you were just like, what, but the second time I made a like very lighthearted reference and she laughed. Cause also like she produced the movie her, her husband was in and we were off to the races. You could tell she was like, oh no, you're, you're allowed to like bring this up, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to be like mildly teasing, like, oh yeah, let's, let's go for it. Um, so it's, yeah, this, I, I don't remember if I mentioned her and Hooch, but if I didn't, I should have, cause I'm, I feel like in the, she's got to like the movie. How can you marry him and not like that movie? So according to the IMDb trivia, he nearly didn't take it because he'd done a bunch of things back to back and had just married her and wanted to spend time with her. And apparently she was the one who convinced him to do it. Nice. So they almost got divorced after that when he didn't like it. <laughs> Incredible. But it worked out great. Oh, I love it. Uh, that's the last one, right? Uh, that's the last one. Technically haven't watched today's yet. So that's either going to be after we finish recording or very early tomorrow. That's we'll the first one for next week. Excellent. All right. Before we wrap up on this uh, fat one, I, I can't help it. We have to do this. Are you ready for your surprise? Let's do it. The better than list has come out. Oh, I know why you, you didn't tell yep. me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen this, so lay it on it's, me. So he, I'm, I'm I, sorry. I we're running think... long folks. Here we go. No, but, this is a reward, and the people who like this really like this. Uh, also, I think the people who listen this long are going to be into this part. One so we'll skip over most of his propaganda nonsense. Um, the first one starts out like it's it's a big swing, but it's not even as crazy as he normally is. John Wick 4 is better than Oppenheimer. Okay. I mean, like, you know, for him, yeah, that's not as big of a, a weird one as I would have guessed. Um, Chad Stahelski climaxed the Keanu Reeves cult franchise with the year's most visually, kinetically thrilling film craft. Movement is the perfect antidote to Christopher Nolan's no fun talkathon. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, I like John Wick 4, but like, this, I'm, that's I'm gonna, a silly I'm gonna, comparison. <laughs> I'm going to go through some of these. Uh, yeah, he's comparing Oppenheimer as if it's an action movie. Um, Nolan, as ever, twists national defense into wearying social complexity. Hail the action genre gone nuclear, not pompous. Oh, I bet he doesn't like all the communist stuff in it. Yep. Um, Rebel Moon. I knew that was going to show up. I knew that was going to show up. But what? Better than Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Didn't we predict that? I feel like we did. We might have. Zack Snyder, Stahelski's only rival. (laughs) (laughs) Knows what Godard knew. Oh, God. Myth (laughs) is how we learn who we are. So Snyder remakes the Childish Star Wars series into rousing adult moral lessons, whereas Martin Scorsese succumbs to America's current self-loathing in his first political film and first Western, a bland epic superficially preoccupied with white supremacy. (laughs) It shows Scorsese learned nothing from John Ford. (laughs) What are you – Scorsese's first political film? That's that's silly. That's a silly thing that he said. The next one is great because – it's a 
like kind of majority opinion in a way, but he doesn't know it. Oh, interesting. All the strangers is better than Saltburn. Yeah, I don't know too many people. Like maybe you would disagree with that. I don't know, but I, I yeah. feel like that's a common. Well, he is because he he likes a movie with gay people in it. Is the thing. So like, well, I, think I he's, guess that's he's feeling very self congratulatory about that. Uh, um, I see. Oh wait. Oh no, I figured out why. Uh, Andrew Hayes' pop melodrama. Oh, okay. Finds family-based emotion in the erotic awakening of Romley Brit Andrew Scott. He's really focused on one part of that movie. Mm. Um, oh, he also thinks Emerald Fennel's a phony. Uh, her phony analysis of England's class system. Uh-oh, you agree with Armin White on something. Uh, well, not the first thing. Oh, geez. And not the second part, because attacks the family unit through feminist and sexual transgression. Um, No. <laughs> Well, here's the last sentence. He again makes a comparison. Uh, a triumph commemorating Pet Shop Boy's sophistication versus a disaster that perverts a great Pet Shop Boy song. He's mad about the song choice. What? That's like Kelly's favorite element of that movie is the song at the end. No. Uh, the taste of things is better than Maestro. Sure. Well, again, yeah. not as big of a leap as I would have guessed. Well, he doesn't like Maestro because uh, Leonard Bernstein was was gay and liberal. Sure, so. but I mean, I mean yeah. that that I get. But Taste of Things isn't exactly a, an underdog in the same way I that know. he usually does. Well, he's back on on the next one. Winter Boy, which I've never heard of, yeah. is better than May December. There it is. <laughs> um, Christoph Henri dares candid semi autobiography and a coming of age story about Paul Kircher's coming of personal per, coming of personal responsibility the fuck does that mean it bests another dishonest todd haynes academic thesis okay this time indulging pedophilia as social defiance and artistic audacity what you didn't think the national review was going to bring up that that movie somehow is like pro pedophilia okay which by the way there's so many ads on this website i have to click through as i'm as i'm going down this list that's uh, how they get you yep um ugh. asteroid city is better than past lives. Oh, no, it is not. <laughs> I Wes actually, I, but it's not as uncommon as a, of an opinion as you would think, no. but it's a wrong one. It's almost like he's getting like, he's losing his fastball. Yeah. Astro, so Wes Anderson's sunny, stylized, nostalgic, adolescent outing recalls America's natural diversity in the 50s. What? You know, when everyone was white. Yeah, um, so diverse. Back when we believed in social, scientific, and artistic potential. Oh, yeah, because we don't believe in any of that now. No. Celine's song, Sad Sack Narcissism, prefers a tribal Buddhist excuse for immaturity and social disconnection. Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, Will of the Wisp is better than Barbie. Will of the Wisp? Yeah. Um, so so now we're getting into him, like, finding something obscure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yayo Pedro Rodriguez interrogates Western art, sex, and politics when Portuguese heir uh, Mauro Costa protests his heritage by becoming a dancing firefighter. That sounds awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, this is a genuine cultural radicalism, surreal and funny. Unlike Greta Gerwig's toy feminism, there we go, uh, a marketing coup that sold misandry and ineptitude alongside vapid, vapid white privilege, all the more biased than its supporting cast of diversity tokens. So it's white privilege, but wait, there's people who aren't white. Yep, that's just diversity tokens. 
You really can't win. No, of course not. Um, Everything went fine is better than passages. Okay. Uh, Francois Ozon's broken family drama in which Sophie Marceau accepts the weirdness of her father uh, as like her own. But Iris Sachs equates queerness with generalizational selfishness. Healing versus rapture. Sure. Um, Nobody's hero is better than American fiction. Sure. Can't wait to find out why. Um, The filmmaker teases French liberalism when middle class uh, actor harbors a Muslim terrorist and then falls in love with a middle aged hooker. All right. Cool. How that compares the other movie. Uh, Hypocrisy becomes farce. Whereas Cord Jefferson practices the same racial hypocrisy as the black pathology trend of American lit that he pretends to satirize. Deep versus shallow. Sure. Uh, Full River Red is better than both Origin and Rustin because he's running low on movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yanni Mo's um, visually stunning ode to China's warrior history is a movie to marvel at and heed. Ava DuVernay extolling Anjanou Ellis Taylor's intellectual research into the global root causes, quote, of American racism is off the charts ludicrous. So is George Wolfe's inadvertent civil rights era comedy, Rustin. Strong, artful patriotism versus Hollywood weakness. Hollywood weakness. I like that. (laughs) Full time is better than the holdovers. Uh Uh-huh. Eric Gravel's empathy with uh, Laurie Kalami's stressed young mother seeking pride and self-sufficiency teaches something real and non-cliche about working class identity to indie movie smarty pants Alexander Payne. He doesn't even work up the wor- the nerves to like complain. No, nah, I mean, that's such a path- – okay. Yeah. The crime is mine is better than poor things. Sure. Ozon- Ozon's back. Uh, delirious feminist farce captures the inanity of the Me Too movement. Oh, great. His cinematic and theatrical artifice goes back through the history of sexual duplicity, while art fraud Yorgos Lanthimos defends feminist hypocrisy in his odious sexual horror comedy. Art fraud. That's a good one. <laughs> I. It is in no way a uh, horror comedy, but don't you want a sexual horror comedy? I mean, like in the it was described to me as like a Frankenstein esque story, so that's kind of what I expected. Yeah, but there's no level. actual horror. It's a it's no, a, not it's at a all. Satire more than anything else. Yeah. Um, all right, here's one that you're gonna have very conflicted feelings about. Thanksgiving is better than. Aren't you just upset now because you're like, I like Thanksgiving? Yeah, I don't know. It's a threefer. What movie do you? Th- what three movies do you think Thanksgiving is better than? According uh, to Armin White, uh, Saw maybe. Nope. Or, oh no, not not. Is that two related? Uh, two related. Bo is afraid. Maybe. I'm trying to two think related. What, would, what would, okay? Then I don't know. <laughs> Thanksgiving is better than Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Barbie. I don't know what to feel about that. <laughs> just wait. I mean, just wait. He, he, so, so he's triple dipping because he's already talked about all of yeah. them. I, I was gonna. I, if I told you he'd already mentioned them, it would have been uh, uh, too good a clue. Yeah. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can tell me what he says. Eli Roth is referencing in, in Thanksgiving. Uh like Great American Traditions or something. You're closer than you think, but you're not right. Um, Eli Roth has made the first movie to evoke January sixth. Oh my god. Which he calls J6, by the way. Um, Does, is, not he, shy- is he pro or against? Because I feel well, like that's relevant. <laughs> not shying away from how natu- national chaos 
was distorted and misunderstood by mainstream corporate media. Oh, no. <laughs> Brash, hilarious Roth satirizes American self-destruction, leaving Nolan, Scorsese, and Gerwig with more moral and ideological blood on their hands. So uh, so you're pro wow. January 6th. Maybe I don't like Thanksgiving that much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's how he ends the article. Okay, well, he- here I thought he'd kind of been slacking after the opening, but boy, that was a shorter, finale. Shorter than, shorter than usual. Uh, but he made up for it at the end. So, okay. <laughs> Hold on. So Thanksgiving, which some would, like us, would say is among the best horror films of the year, yes. is actually better than the top three Oscar contenders because, well, probably more than top three because he doesn't like poor things either. Because, because they it, don't defend the rioters. <laughs> I am so confused by by this man. He also watched that scene and took from it, just like how they're they're those innocent shoppers are being railroaded. Well, yeah, it's like you can't watch and like that movie and not think, oh, it's kind of fucked up. This fucking uh, Black Friday situation. No. Uh, all right. Uh, Let's wrap it, because, uh, boy, is it late. Um, but I here, say where you can be followed, and give me another one that he didn't do this year. Oh, man. I mean, he got all the good ones. Uh, yeah. You can follow me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at MilesOnFilm. That's M-Y-L-E-S on film. I'm on Instagram at MarvelousMiles. And uh, news to come about my uh, upcoming film project which just had a very long two days of shooting but it's it's coming along nicely can we set up arm and white with a screener please fuck no <laughs> i'll be upset if i found out he's seen it um, I can arrange it. Uh, well i'll be upset because i don't want to be showing up as better than like the next denis villeneuve film or something like that like, yes yes i don't i don't I'm- want him to use me in his weird culture war Untitled Miles Hughes project is better than Dune Part Two. Oh, don't 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 put me in this scenario. Um, oh, I I can't wait. God damn it! What was the question? Oh, what's another one? Um, yeah, make make one up. Uh, how about Bo is afraid is better mm. than? Try to think of one he didn't already do. What's a movie I really like that he's a <laughs> prick about? Um, Godzilla. Yeah, there you go. Bo's Afraid's better than Godzilla. That would have upset me. Well, what's the reasoning? Uh, because um, you didn't see Godzilla's giant cock. Because uh, Bo's Afraid hit is you know a passionate look at Jewish guilt and Godzilla is a weird nationalist propaganda or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, you can find me at Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Awards Radar, several so and so, Letterbox, what a what a. Um, you can tell I don't care about that stuff. Social media is a toilet, whatever. Um, I'll give you one here. Children of the Corn is better than Air. Oh, that'd be because those those misunderstood children who are just revolting against uh, wokeness, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas um this non-white person has the gall to suggest communism and socialism as a as a as a means to empower poor people as opposed to just letting the the rich executives have all the athletes money it's a it's a sign of how we're crumbling as a nation okay not bad yeah if i had more time it would have been better <laughs> uh all right 
Next week, we'll talk about the Critics' Choice results. We'll go over Miles and Steve's top tens. We can talk about some of the other staff's members if we uh, if we deem fit. More um, Miles watching January movies, possibly even catching up on a couple of 2023 films. Uh, at least maybe. one, possibly. Yeah, at least one, possibly. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. If we have a if we have a lighter schedule, which we might, um, we'll see if we can get Steve on uh, maybe the Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh yeah, that'd be good. I, the I other think, one, the, I don't think that'll be next week, but at some point that'll be good. No, we'll figure out a we'll figure out a a week where that works. Um, yeah, there'll be there'll be some stuff next week. Will be uh will be in not amazing week for me, but we'll we'll figure it out. Um, all right. So in the meantime, hope you guys enjoyed a long ass episode with a fair amount of awards uh, conversation. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, here's hoping. If not, um, I don't know what to tell you. It's free. Uh, so we will see you uh, next week for the next episode. In the meantime, we will see you uh, at the movies. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment contacts.